Welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast here. Nathan Stacking with you alongside my good friend and co-host Travis Krins. Travis, how are we doing? We're doing good. 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 Uh, let's we, we do need to take care of an item of business here right off the top. Um, do you feel good about the way you beat me in fantasy football this week? Yes. Uh, it could have been a nice birthday gift you could have given me with that, that win. And I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't expect to win going into Monday night. But Sunday night, Harrison Butker misses a field goal. And Darren Waller has a touchdown called back because of a holding penalty. And I said, if I lose by less than 11, by 11 points or less... I'm going to blame Butker and Waller for the reason there. And then to lose by not even a half a point because the Rams inexplicably go for a field goal when they were down 31-7 to with three minutes to go in the fourth quarter. It made absolutely zero sense. It's frustrating as hell. Frustrating. I would imagine. I would imagine. I just... I'm looking at that. Yeah. And Mahomes had a day again. 46? Yeah. He hadn't done mm-hmm. shit the whole season until, uh, or for most of the season, until, of course, you play me. Like, I, I it's, it's just as like Murphy's Law. It is, it's uh-huh. death taxes and you beating me in fantasy football. So, finally, I get that. The Mahomes did well. Justin Jefferson did well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was up by like 10 or 15 points, I felt like. At some point last night, in my running backs and a kicker. Yep. Okay. Hopefully, can get thirty points from those. Ten points a piece would be nice. Yep. Yeah, I was down like fourteen. I Cooper Cup and then my def- uh, my linebacker and uh, defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. I did not. Uh, I did not get that many points. So okay, I had the last, and then I tune in with. Uh, about five minutes to go, and I look at the thing, and I'm down. I'm like, God damn it, I'm going to lose. <laughs> and then Lord Nick Bosa got a sack, and it was holding, so they kept the sack, and then they kicked the field goal. I think it was down about two points mm-hmm. with about three minutes to go, and then Eli Mitchell gets carry after carry after carry, and first I need like 20 yards out of him, and I – First carry gets like eight or nine. My like, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. And then a couple yards here or there, gain some, loses some. I think it, it came down to the last play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a third and sixteen. He got about eight or so. <laughs> I think I was still short. I still I was still short by like three or four yards. And then it was like fourth and six. I think he gained about four. Uh, uh, that, was, that was enough to win by what, point four or so, point four two? Yep. yep. Oh. So, I mean, and then, and then they're, okay, it's fourth down and they don't get it. But then the Rams get the ball and there's one more shot. I'm like, all right, these sons of bitches. Better not throw the ball to Cooper Cup. I will be pissed. Or, or like Fred Warner could have gotten a tackle, or Nick Bosa could have gotten a sack. Oh, for me. But they do the smart thing and they just run the ball, and that's your game. I'm like, well, what a that's that's a memorable one. I've had some close ones. That's that's about as close as you get. I don't think it's ever going to get closer, and that that very well could decide our division here and it could decide yeah. if I make it to the playoffs like here I am thinking like 
I didn't that I didn't have a great team when I drafted, and Cooper Cup has been a revelation for me. Uh, Austin Eckler's been very good. I've found a lot of success with Leonard Fournette here lately, and I knew it was going to be tight. Uh, and then Mahomes goes off. I again, it was just. Is that Butker field goal at the end of the first half against the Raiders? They even got into range for him, and he pushed it left. I'm like, you son of a gun! Like, it, I, and I thought, oh, I'm I'm gonna lose because of that. And then Darren Waller had a touchdown called back. I just said, I, it, it didn't seem likely. Even Cooper Cup having a monster game, it still didn't seem likely that I would be in a position to do that, given the guys that you had left, and. Again, for it to happen, it's just. I, I think that I think that's going to decide the division here. I really do. If I were lost, you would have been a game ahead of me. Yep. We both would have had one game against each other, but now I'm what I'm one up. Yep. Well, essentially two because you swept so, me this year. So that that was big for me because I feel like I can win it. Yeah. I think I got my team's good enough, even though I'm just six and four. I feel like. I've got a good enough team, and like one of us, it was like we had the second or third most points of the week. And yeah, you want to when you score that many points, you want to win. So mm-hmm. that was a that was a tough loss. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Got a few more weeks to go. I'm not out of it by any stretch. A lot can happen here, but uh, yeah, that uh, that was a uh, that was a tough tough way to end that game. Fortunately, in another league, I had Jimmy Garoppolo, and I was down by ten points, and he. Did enough for me to get a, a get the win, so that was uh, successful. But yeah, that that was just that was very tough. But we'll we'll, we'll see. Five and five, we're not out of it yet. Um, it's still very doable. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, they are not out of it yet. Uh, they had an impressive win against the Los Angeles Chargers in front of a packed house of Vikings fans, which shouldn't surprise anyone, given that the Vikings have a very large contingent of fans in Southern California. And it's amazing, Crins, what happens when you're aggressive on offense and push the ball down the field, isn't it? And you feed guys like your best players, like Justin Jefferson. Amazing what can happen. Yeah, it's not tough. not tough to figure out what the deal is. I saw by half this game. It tells me the Chargers are not making the playoffs. That's what it tells me. Mm-hmm. I would agree with so, that. If you... I watched, Go ahead. watched the first half, saw the first five minutes of the second half, went to volleyball. Somebody informed me that they won. I'm like, all right, good. And I came home. <laughs> Is deja vu there for a while with the Vikings having that a double-digit lead? They're the only team in the NFL well, with – that's had at least a seven-point lead in each of their for in in, e- in every game they've played in this year. So you would think with that uh, stat that your record would be better than one game below 500. That is not the case. But they had a 13-3 lead. They gave up a touchdown, and then their offense proceeded to go three and out inside the two-minute warning. It's just like, damn it, this is exactly what. We it just it's again deja vu. They're going to do the same thing over again, and then they give up a touchdown right away to begin the third quarter. It's like okay, wheels are going to come off here. And fortunately for the Vikings, they didn't. That's good. And now they get a Packers team this week that won't have Aaron Jones. 
Patrick Peterson will be back, and the Packers did little, I think, to inspire anyone. I get that Aaron Rodgers had no time to practice this week, but I do think that the Vikings have a, a fighter's chance here this week against the Packers. It'll be close and they'll lose. More than likely. More than likely. Yeah. Uh, do you love fat guy would... touchdowns? Because that was awesome Thursday night. Did you see this play? Which one? The uh, the Miami Dolphins offensive lineman that Oh, yeah. Big, yeah. big guy running. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It didn't count, did it? Yeah. Yep. That was great. Yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah, he was... Yeah, Dolphins winning. That's his... It's a very weird year where none of the good teams are good. Ravens, Chiefs, you know, Buffalo, Rams. Like, all these teams are not... They're just losing to teams they shouldn't lose to. Tampa Bay lost to Washington. Again, Taylor Heineke, his two best games have arguably come against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. <laughs> that's yeah. That's pretty remarkable. Um, you know, it's, it's fascinating looking at the, at the AFC playoff picture because apart from Tennessee, who's eight and two, and then you have the terrible Texans, the terrible Jets and the, in the terrible Jaguars, every other team has at least three wins up to six wins. I mean, it's, it, it a lot of five and five, a lot of five and fours, a lot of four and five. It's, it's incredible just how jam packed the AFC is right now. New England is trending up. Yep. Yep. They're interesting. They could maybe win that division. I think they're going to win Thursday night. Cordero Patterson sounds like he won't play for the Falcons. That's uh, a big blow for their offense. Uh, the Browns got trounced. So, no Nick, no Nick Chubb, they though. They were so, a month ago. Now they're not. So. No, no Nick Chubb, though. Like, that's, and they have no Kareem Hunt. So they are playing at full strength. So I don't think that loss doesn't surprise me. They just got blown out. Yeah. They just got yep. blown that's out. True. And then uh, the tie. We had a tie stack. And oh, they that's got... great. Nobody wanted to win. Good old Detroit. Congrats to Detroit for not becoming the first team to go 0-17. And Najee Harris doesn't know there's a tie. How it's like, why does this happen every year? I don't know. I said this exact same thing. Like, this is embarrassing. Are you not listening to the to the refs when they are explaining the rules of overtime right before the yes. coin toss? Like, he says it. Like, if nobody scores, you win the tie. When, he, when we were kids, like, ties would never happen. There was, like, I, I got to think, like, a 10 or 15 year where there was, like, not many ties at all. Mm-hmm. And then... There's been a lot, a lot more ties since the rule change. Yep. Of the ten minute overtime, which sucks. But I like ties. I have no problem with the tie. I prefer there be a winner or a loser, but I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of the, of the ten minute overtime. I am not but, either. But would you, would you want to watch any more of that Lions Steelers game? I think it was great that it ended it. when it did. Make, make sure there's a winner. So that that sucks. But it's a tie, so the Steelers. It'll be interesting to see who who gets out of this mess. If it's going to be two same old teams, or if it's going to be like a six or a seven seed that mm-hmm. get out of this somehow. I it's nobody has any. It's, it's nobody knows. Nope, absolutely not. And it's amazing that the Titans continue to win the games that they are, despite not having Derrick Henry. Uh, the defense is playing much better here. As of late, so the Titans are certainly trending in an upward direction. I don't know if you saw this play in the Eagles-Broncos game. The Darius Slay 
Uh, Melvin Gordon fumbles it. Darius Slay picks it up. And he's running back. This is at the end of the third quarter. It's a one-score game. The Eagles are up by seven. And Teddy Bridgewater gives the absolute worst effort. Well, actually, I can't even say that because to say it was the absolute worst effort would mean that he gave an effort, and he didn't at all. Uh, I mean, he had a chance to make a tackle here, and in a one-possession game, that's pretty critical. He didn't at all, and he said, oh, I tried to force him back inside. You did not. You shrugged it off, and... He took responsibility for it on Monday, which was great. Uh, but Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football was roasting him. I absolutely agree with Kyle's uh, perspective and analysis on this here. I think it's a bad, bad look for Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and I get you don't want your your starting quarterback, the guy, you know, the, the face of the franchise, you know, or, you know, the key to your team, you know, getting hurt on a tackle, but at the same time, you have to give some effort, especially in a one-possession game. It's all about the timing and the score, and this was a critical play, a critical juncture in the game. So for Teddy to not make that play, that's bad, and I, I wonder if there's going to be anything in the in any confidence lost in the locker room now with him as a result of that. You like to make him, you like to see him make that tackle. You know, he's probably not going to get hurt on that play. I'm sure that's what he was concerned about, getting hurt. But he'd like to – he probably probably gets him down if he tries. He's right there. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunate, but that's a team going nowhere. So, whatever. But the AFC West, all teams are separated by one game, or I guess a half game. So, that's – it's – I can I can just imagine what the fuck that Monday night football game is going to be like. You know, I I had I had something penciled in like Ravens or uh, you know, like Bengals Ravens or you know Raiders somebody. Just kind of a, a crappy whatever it's going to be. It's going to be the worst matchup I would think of the yep. of the week. So, You're talking the the Monday Night Football Wild Card game, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that's going to be, that's going to be the worst game of the week. Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. I would agree there. Uh, big one. Like MVP, like who the hell's the MVP? Like, I don't know. It was Matt Stafford, then it was Kyler Murray, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I don't know. It's could be a guy like Cooper Cup. It yeah. could be a. I could think... be a weird year. It doesn't. It's a very odd year. I don't know why. Like Derrick Henry, I think, year, was leading it for a while before he got hurt. Yeah, like last year, like you know, last year there was no crowd, and it was a fairly uh, normal year. The Tampa Bay Tom Brady won. Mm-hmm. Chiefs were good. Like this year is a weird year. I don't know why, but it is. Yep, sure is. Sure is, and I, you know, yeah, I think the MVP award is wide open right now. I think it was Tom Brady's. At the moment, and then or Matthew Stafford was right up there, as you said, Kyler Murray. But with Murray being injured the, the, each of the last two weeks, and Matthew Stafford and the Rams looking terrible here over the last couple of weeks, I mean, maybe Cooper Cup enters that discussion. Aaron Rodgers still has to be right up there, but I don't know. It it it's an odd year for sure. So we'll see how it uh, how it pans out. Anything else from the week in the NFL we need to get to? No, not really. Okay. Uh, this week, uh, the last you know, the week before Thanksgiving, we have Cowboys Chiefs. That is a monster matchup here. Uh, the Chiefs defense. It might be, honestly, it might be Dak Prescott. 
Could be. It's yeah, Dak Prescott playing really well uh, right now. You know, excluding that game against Denver. Uh, but Cowboys Chiefs is the monster matchup of the week. You got Vikings hosting the Packers. That's a good game as well. Uh, Colts Bills. That's that's got some intrigue to it. Uh, other than that, it's pretty pretty much it. So. Uh, the, the Ron Rivera Bowl, Washington and Carolina. Cam Newton coming back to Carolina. That was a nice spark. He had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown, and the Panthers win. So uh, that that was certainly intriguing. Um, yeah, that's really about it there. Um, college football. There is a – oh, by the way, first um, – We might get into some more college basketball here, but I do want to make an amendment to my Final Four prediction that I I changed when uh, I I put it in the blog, so I updated the the blog, but I had said Texas going to the Final Four this year. I am changing that to Michigan. I like Dickinson, um, the the big guy there. He was freshman last year, so I think Michigan gets to the final four. So I'm subbing Michigan out for Texas, and I did put that in before the games started. So one amendment there. Oh, you like Gonzaga, UCLA, Michigan, and and Villanova. Villanova. Yep, a great game. Villanova, UCLA. Too bad it was so late at night. On what was that Friday yeah. night? Uh, yeah. It was overtime. A very good game. Villanova was trailing in the early in the first half, then came storming back. They had the lead. UCLA comes back. So that, that very good game. So it's just a shame that no one really saw it because it was so damn late and on the night with. It's just yeah, got to have better scheduling there. Better scheduling. I don't know why it was. It was eight thirty, I think, local time. Like, why was it so late? Eight thirty. Christ. I think it was ten thirty. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're. I'm sorry. Yeah, eight thirty local time Pacific time. Yeah. I. I don't know. I. I honestly well, don't know. Late game for the West Coast. Uh, I don't know why. Yeah, it's a like the premier matchup of maybe the season. Mm-hmm. You no know, final four preview. And, so I don't. I don't do it Friday night. Yeah. Does it midnight? Doesn't make any sense. UCLA Gonzaga is. Uh, the 23rd, so it is, what, is that Tuesday? The Tuesday before, yeah, Tuesday before Thanksgiving, so let me see when that, I'll get that here in a moment. Well, let me check it out right now, see what time that game is, because I would think, I mean, that would be a... And Zay had a good one versus Texas, so... Yep. Yep. Move them out. Your Marquette squad got a good win versus Illinois last Indeed. night. Yes, yes, a huge win, huge win, beating that uh, number of number of teams losing. Uh, um, what uh, John Rothstein of CBS would say: the epitome of brutality, losing buy-in games. Old Cockburn didn't play, so that probably had something to do with it. Yeah, could be, but we'll take it. Uh, let's see, where is this? I've not gotten shot in Kirk's thoughts. I'm interested in his thoughts. I've got any picks from him on what he likes. We'll have to get that here soon. Uh, 9 o'clock local time, or 9 o'clock central time on November 23rd is Gonzaga against UCLA. Again, that's next Tuesday, a week from a week from Tuesday here. That is at the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. So whether that's going to be about a 7 local tip-off in Vegas. And so they, play, 
I feel like they played Duke in uh, Friday night at the, in Vegas too. I think. Is that right? Yeah. They play, they play until on Tuesday. They played Duke on Friday. Uh, let me pull it up here. Yes, Duke on Friday. So, and then that's pretty much it for their schedule. They do play yeah. Alabama on December 4th. Who? Oh. Uh, Alabama. Gonzaga plays Alabama. All right. Well, we'll yeah. see what they can do. Maybe they go undefeated again. We'll see. Yeah. Yep. They, they look good so far, so... Uh, we'll see what happens with Gonzaga there. Well, I mean, while we're on it here, is there anything else from the college basketball world week one that, that caught your attention? Uh, Duke looks pretty good against Kentucky. Michigan State might struggle this year. Uh, I forgot Remy Martin went to Kansas, so that makes Kansas a little more viable to me. But um, uh, good Champions Classic last week. Anything really stand out to you? Let's see. Upsets. Uh, UNKC beat Missouri. Mm-hmm. Good win for them. Uh, North Carolina struggled with Brown for a bit. I like that Brown is Brown. Mm-hmm. Fits. Uh, it, was, it was a great shot. Uh, somebody beat Arizona State on like a 60-footer. Oh, yeah. You, is that UC Davis, I think? Yeah, UC Davis. They won. They were down one, and some kid in like a 60-footer to win it. So that's, uh, that's exciting. So... And not too many huge ranked teams losing where there's their upsets every once in a while. Uh, South Dakota State played Alabama pretty tough uh, for the most part. Uh, women lost to Iowa State last night. They're number 12 in the country. So I didn't realize they were that good, I'll be honest. Yeah. Beat the hell out of Green Bay, and they lost. Uh, uh, who who'd they play? That was, uh, was a tough one. Mississippi State on Friday night. They lost that. They that, had a lead at the half. That's, yeah. Should have won. That's that one you'd like to win. So that's uh, didn't get that one. So still time to get a good win here. So yep. That's all. Yep. They do need to get that resume builder. And the it was UC Riverside who beat Arizona ah. State. UC Riverside. So good win there uh, for UC Riverside. So yeah, a lot of good uh, good a- good action. Oh, congrats to Minnesota. The Golden Gophers beat Princeton in the. Asheville Championship. It's the inaugural UNC Asheville, or, uh, Asheville Championship. So, congrats to them for that. Woo. You want to look up who Denver lost to? Uh, Ohio's. Howard Bryant University. Wasn't that? It was worse than that. It was. I've never heard of this school. What were they lost to? Uh, Regent, Regent University. Not Chadron. Oh, they, they barely beat them, and then they lost to some school with like four or five names. Oh my! Who who did they lose to? I gotta look it up. I can't remember. I'll look it up here, but okay. Otherwise, that I was can't... bad. That was real bad. Oh, so maybe maybe uh, Chauncey Billups' brother wasn't the the real cause there. Maybe it's just that Denver sucks. That's very well likely when I get out of that, yeah. Jackrabbit men uh, beat uh, Stephen F. Austin, so that's that's good there. Ottawa, Arizona in uh, beat Denver, 72-71. Ottawa, whatever. The, sounds like they're, they're, they're pretty far south of Canada here. I don't know what the... Hmm. Hmm. It's not good. Uh, we do have some college basketball realignment news. Well... Loyola Chicago 
is headed to the Atlantic 10. So that's a that's a significant pickup for um for, for the for the Atlantic 10 and I'm thinking now because again the, you know, the, I guess the Missouri Valley is adding Belmont so uh there's that and Belmont's a very good school but the fact that they're leaving do you wonder if maybe then the Dakota schools come up in conversation about adding at least North Dakota State and South Dakota State? I I, it, I have to imagine it's going to come up. Yeah, if they were to ever move anywhere, that'd make the most sense. Yep. Like we talked about in the past, do you move there? Be a different step up, or do you stay where you're at because? The conference tournament is basically home home games for you. Mm-hmm. So, whenever that decision comes, that will be a that'll be an interesting one. Because yep. how much longer can you just continue to win win some of the titles, and how long how much longer can you continue to win? You know, Gonzaga's Gonzaga's stayed where they're at all these years. So Do you, you can see where you're at in a conference that gets too too big sometimes. So Do you ever wonder if the Missouri Valley, if they were to add South Dakota State and North Dakota State, would consider moving Arch Madness from St. Louis yeah. to Sioux Falls? Just given given the fact that, you know, they're losing a bunch of like their bigger schools and Sioux Falls isn't that far of a drive for some of these universities. Um, you know, they do, they would, I think, pack the arena and yeah, I've seen the arena in, uh, what is it used to be the Scott trade center, but whatever, like it's the blues, it's the blues arena in St. Louis. I've seen it multiple times over the last few years. It's not very full. Uh, so are you necessarily going to sell out the place a lot? Or do you think you could get, you know, even if you lose a few thousand seats, would you get 100% attendance in the Denny Sanford? I think it would be something worth discussing if I were the Valley in and I were in negotiations with adding North Dakota State and South Dakota State for hoops. If you can get the tournament, I'd say you would move. That'd be a no-brainer for me. I, I would say like it would be maybe like an every other year sort of yeah. scenario. One year in St. Louis, they, one year in Sioux Falls. I think they... I think they probably outdraw the summer league just based on how big that arena is, even though it's not sold out. It's quite a bit bigger, so that would that would be the dream to go there and still have the conference tournament. And if it's every other year, I think for my personal habits, I wouldn't mind it being every other year. Mm-hmm. Rather than every year, you'd get better teams and. We'll see what happens this year with the tournament, but it, it, it would be nice for a change. Uh, the attendance, like the capacity for hockey at, in St. Louis is 18,096. I don't know if they can expand that for basketball, what that would be, but I bet you dollars to donuts. I mean, they're not, they're not drawing 18,000 fans every session for those valley tournament games or even for the championship you know i mean if it's I think, yeah if, i think they're yeah 
the, the women would probably outdraw the Missouri Valley, but the men's side wouldn't. So right. someday right. That's, that's the most logical move, I would say. The, and with, with things changing, who knows? The only problem that I could see with it being every other year is then you would have to either change when the tournament is because the Summit League tournament coincides with the Missouri Valley, like Championship Sunday in the Missouri, the, the Missouri Valley tournament, I believe, is, is it Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yep. Sunday? I think it's Thursday through Sunday. And the Summit League tournament starts that Saturday. So semifinal Saturday would be uh, in, in the Missouri Valley would be quarterfinal day in the Summit League. So uh, would you maybe have to bump it back a couple of days. I, I can't imagine it would take too long to completely, you know, change over the arena and whatnot, but um, that would be... Would the, Summit League, would the Summit League stay in Sioux Falls? I suppose it would, because where else would you go? But how many people would go to that? Well, would if, you... Yeah, would you maybe throw it in the Pentagon? I think that... And, but with that, you've got the, the Northern Sun Tournament at the Pentagon. True which is right before that when they might butt up against each other. So I think it might be possible. Might be a quick turnaround. It might be a, a day of overlap there. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, if, if South Dakota State's not in this conference anymore, I think you could put this thing anywhere, and it wouldn't really matter. Yeah, you could put it in, you could put it in Fargo. You could put it in uh, yeah, Omaha, wherever. Minneapolis, Tulsa, wherever you want. Yeah, yeah maybe Omaha would be a. A good spot for it. I don't know. So that that I, but then again, with the Summit League being headquartered in Sioux Falls, I would just be curious to see if the if the conference would try and you know push it back a little bit, and you could use the Denny Sam for like Vegas uses uh, like Orleans Arena and the Mac. I mean, how many tournaments are held in Vegas? I mean, the West Coast Conference uses Vegas. The Pac-12 now uses Vegas. They use T-Mobile Arena. Um, I know the the like the West Coast Conference uses Orleans Arena. I think the Mac or the, the WAC uses Orleans Arena. Um, uh, the 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 Big Sky has been in Vegas before, so you have a lot of conferences that go to Vegas. So you could do the the overlap. It wouldn't be. It's not inconceivable. You might just have to move the tournament back a couple of days. Yeah, but. I think it's possible. So hopefully that hopefully something happens in the next ten years. Hopefully. Yeah. Yep, so look into that. Anywho, we'll move from basketball back to college, in college basketball, back to some college football here. Um, Oklahoma finally fucking lost that. Yes, Jesus yep. Christ. They, Jesus Christ. They did it. Finally happened. Finally happened. I think they dropped to 35th in the polls this week, so that was good. They looked, uh, they looked bad in that game. Baylor dominated. Baylor dominated. Oklahoma sucks. They look bad most weeks. I, I was just so glad they were eighth, even though they were undefeated at Iowa. Because they were just not, not impressive all year long. Mm -hmm. They just weren't. And finally it caught up to them. So we'll see what the rankings say tonight. You know, Oklahoma State, do you give them a shot? It's, um, it's interesting. There should not be a whole lot of movement among the top five or seven. They should say about the same. My next team in my crosshair sacking is fucking Oregon. Get them out of here. Yeah, well, this week, um, they play Utah this week. This is the week. Um, if they beat Utah, I think they're pretty safely in, I guess, provided that they would beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, 
Like this, I would have issue if they were to make it over Cincinnati. I would have a big issue with that. I think um, if they beat see. Utah though twice, they're in. I I guess well, they'd have they to beat Oregon State, beat. but I I just if they go undefeated the rest of the way, Oregon's in. Probably sucks, but could be. Um, I I, I truly don't know who the number two team in the con- in the country is right now. I think there's an argument that can I be made. Ohio State. You you go Ohio State. That's what I would I would yeah I think so. I I think there's an argument that you can make for every team in the like that's in the two through five range. Uh, Alabama didn't do anything to like really convince us that they're the number two team in the country. They they throttled New Mexico State as expected. Oregon struggled a little bit with Washington State, but you you see signs. I, I, uh, I mean, that's fine. Ohio State, they didn't get upset by Purdue. I think everyone kind of knew that Purdue had that momentum, and Ohio State said, nope, enough of that. So Ohio State with definitely the most Im- impressive win of the top four. Cincinnati, very you, – you can't give up 28 points to South Florida. Like, Cincinnati has to kick it into high gear, and I think Luke Fickle – Mentioned that in his post-game press conference Friday night. That, yeah, I mean, Cincinnati knows that they have to play better than this. And they just haven't. Uh, after beating uh, uh, after beating Notre Dame, they throttled, I believe it was Temple, 52-3. to I mean, it was just an annihilation. And, they, and they, then they beat UCF really handedly. Those are two, uh, two very good wins. That's what they needed to do against Navy, against Tulane, against Tulsa, against South Florida. They haven't done that. So I think Cincinnati needs to kick it into high gear here and hope for some upsets. Uh, Michigan with a big win at Penn State. Michigan, I think, might climb above Cincinnati here this week because that's a better win than what Cincinnati's looked like. I get Ohio State and Michigan are going to play here uh, in two weeks, and Ohio State has to play Michigan State this week. That's going to be a very tough game. We'll see if Sparty can pull off the upset. But... You need some movement here in the top five, and I don't know. I, I can't say for certain which team is number two and and how it all shakes out. Uh, but I think Cincinnati's in some trouble here unless they pick it up. If Ohio State wins, I don't think they'll be two because they got Michigan, Michigan State, yep. and they got Wisconsin. So yep. those will be two really good wins, and Wisconsin, wherever that's worth. So yep. I think they'd be number two. I still feel like if Cincinnati was blowing everybody out, they'd still get shit because they're Cincinnati and who they play. So I fear that is true, even though I wish it weren't. But I think they—I think we would have a better cause or a better case if they were blowing teams out rather than playing these two-win schools as close as they are. For Cincinnati, it's pretty simple. You need two things to happen. You need Ohio State to win out and you need Oregon to lose once. That happens, you're in. Yep. Because yep. Notre Dame's not going to jump you. Uh, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to jump you. That's only two teams behind you. You got Michigan, Michigan State right on your heels, but if uh... and really, what about how about Auburn beating Alabama or Georgia beating Alabama? Mm, you just need to get in. That would help. No, I'm, I'm saying though, like that would get Alabama out of the picture. Is if they had yeah, one of those, that would, that would if they had another loss in there. So it, I, think, I think Ohio State's going to fucking crush Michigan State. 
I so yep. I I think Michigan State's fraud. Well, I think they're done. Yep. And then when it comes to Michigan and Ohio State, it really doesn't matter who wins for Cincinnati's sake, because uh, whoever wins that game is going to be ahead of them. You know, Ohio State's probably four, and Michigan's probably six, with the Cincinnati at five in the middle. So it doesn't really matter who wins. One of them's going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the, so they need uh, the, the Oregon needs to lose. The big t- nobody's getting uh, the, the Big Ten's not getting two teams in. I'm getting both Michigan and Ohio State. Winner of that one's probably going to make the playoff. Right. So, well, good good for Michigan. They, people wanted rid of Harbaugh. Well, they're, they're as close as they've been to a playoff here. And again, if Alabama loses, then that's, uh, that's another one. I, I want this thing. If Oregon wins out and the Big Ten gets a team, I want this thing to come down, I think I said it last week, to a two-loss Alabama team versus undefeated Cincinnati. I want those to be number four, number five. Who does the committee pick? I want to see uh, what happens there. Mm-hmm. If they pick Alabama, then you know it's horseshit. Because yeah. Alabama, they haven't beaten anybody. They can beat Auburn, that'd be a decent win. But for the most part, Alabama's not not been as good as they usually are. I don't so. know if, if that win against Auburn would do much uh, in the committee's no. eyes because Auburn just lost to Mike Leach in <laughs> Mississippi State. They, they had the big lead in that game and, and just gave it away in the second half, couldn't do anything offensively. And that was at Jordan-Hare. I mean, that was in Auburn. So I like... I just hope Cincinnati gets in. I just hope they get it. I want them to get in as well. I would love to see Oregon in there too, because, you know, I was... I don't think... I I think they would just... They they would play the role of a Notre Dame and of a Michigan State, the team that's like, all right, which one of these teams doesn't belong? Mm -hmm. It's them. It's Oregon. They don't belong amongst Georgia and Alabama, and Ohio State. And I just don't think they're all that good because they barely get by every week against mm-hmm. teams that are not very good conference. They, they do. Uh, I, I I agree with that. I just if they, if they win two of these next three games against Utah, and, of course, you have to beat Oregon State as well. As long as, if, they, if they go through this thing undefeated, I think they're getting in. Um, well, and, and you, if they beat Utah, then Utah ends up 7-5. So what's that one? I don't know. I mean, if, if, is Utah going to go to the Rose Bowl at 7-5? and five? <laughs> is, that, is that who would go? Uh, I think so, I think, yeah. Well, what, a, what a bunch of crap that would be. Then you probably have uh, Michigan. Michigan would probably be the, uh, the other Rose Bowl team. So, yeah. Oh, they, yeah, that would be bad. That would be really... Really bad. Um, for, for the sake of the whole bowl experience, uh, I'd be much more interested in, in, in an Oregon-Michigan Rose Bowl uh, that way. Who had the more embarrassing week? Florida giving up 52 points to Samford or Texas losing to Kansas? Florida. That, that Kansas is bad. Kansas is real bad. But Florida, I mean, the most points you've ever given up in a half, is that what it was? I think so, yep. Against Samford. Yeah. Samford, four and six. They're just a blah team, and, and man. They're not a four and six SEC team. They're not a four and six Pac 12 team. They're not a four oh. and six Sunbelt team. They're a four and six FCS team. Like, this is, yeah. it's not even, you're not even in the same division. No. And, um, but Texas, I 
I don't mind that they lost to Kansas. See, that was I didn't see much this week, and I wish I could have seen that. It was, it, I won the fifty-seven, fifty-six. I'm like, I wish I could have watched the end of that. I mean, Kansas was up on them the whole game, pretty much. The Texas rallies to force <laughs> overtime, score a touchdown, and then Kansas. So they they t- they score a touchdown and they go for two for the win. Like talk about the guts, talk about the balls on that. I mean, what do they have to lose? They have nothing to lose. You're going to go beat Texas in Texas. If you lose, people are going to be like, well, you know, we kept it close. I mean, that's just a, a great, great deal. And I think for Kansas, it's their second road win at Texas, and I don't think they have any other road wins in the Big Twelve. Um. In like the last well, decade or so, except for at Texas. It's incredible. It is. I would love to see Kansas play like a couple of years at FCS. Can, I, can UConn go there too? And UMass? Yeah, them, Vanderbilt. Put them, in the, put them in the Missouri Valley since that would actually make sense. You put Kansas in the Missouri Valley, they wouldn't beat SDSU. They wouldn't beat North Dakota State. Nope. They'd probably lose one more game in there against somebody. Yep. Um, bad, bad team for a long time, but that is that is amazing. Texas just continues to just be bad. It at one point in the third quarter was thirty-five to fourteen. Kansas, uh, and they only had a fifty-six percent chance of winning at that point. And then, well, I guess that was a it was first and goal at the Kansas three. So Kansas was driving there at that point, but still, I mean, that's that just tells you the lack of faith that you know the FPI, the Football Power Index, has in Kansas football. But that's still just absolutely insane what Kansas is able to do to Texas. And they almost did lose. So I don't know. Like, the Steve Sarkeesian, what's Texas looking like then? And I don't think this is going to get any better for them, especially, you know, they're moving to the SEC. I mean, no, this is, I mean, this, money-wise, they're going to get, get a lot more money. But they'll be lucky to make a bowl game, I think, most yes, years. They're going to turn fucking Nebraska. They yep. are going to turn into Nebraska. Yep. Where all of a sudden, it's like, fuck, we're four and eight more times than we're six and six. Fuck, this was a bad deal. Nice to move to the Big Ten, but uh, we're about the 10th best team in this conference. So, yeah, we got a nice big check at the end of the year, but we're losing all these teams. Yeah, Vanderbilt so. might look and say, hey, we actually have a shot against Texas if Kansas can beat them. <laughs> yeah, Vanderbilt licking their chops, saying, thank God. Yeah. yeah but that, we'll that's... See what they, see what they got next year. And Texas, so close to beating Oklahoma. Like, all right, they're not too bad. Mm hmm. In fact, they are. They are pretty bad. Who do they have next year? You look at Texas' schedule for 2022. Okay, they don't. They got Alabama next year. That should be a dandy. Uh, at home. Uh, they got Louisiana Monroe, and they got a game stack, and I'm very much looking forward to. Uh, September seventeenth next year they play they play our Roadrunners. Is that in San Antonio or is that in Austin? Uh, that's in Austin. Didn't they play this year? I think or not. Uh, uh, no, they didn't because they played Louisiana this year. 
Texas did. What's the one, what's the one team there? Who, who do you see? UTSA's not lost. So. Yeah, yep, UTSA's undefeated. So, yeah, very much looking forward to that game next year. And then you got the rest of your Big 12 schedule. So, you're losing Alabama. You're losing Oklahoma. You're losing Oklahoma State. A couple of the teams in there, I don't know, maybe 7-5 season. But, yeah, it's Texas, one of those teams that thinks they're better than they actually are and they haven't won anything in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And I don't see it getting better anytime soon. Again, when you're losing to Kansas at home like that, that pretty much tells you everything that you need to know. Uh, this week here we got Michigan State at Ohio State. You like Ohio State big in that one. We have Oregon against Utah. Oregon, show us something. That's the big show, show me game here. Can you go into Utah, a team that's playing really good football right now? Um, Guess the spread. You know the spread? Um, no, I and I was look, just looking through the, the schedule here, but I didn't come across that game, so I will say it's Utah minus five and a half. Minus three. Minus three. Okay. Well, that, it's home field advantage. Um, and I still think Notre Dame's got a shot in this. I mean, yes, they, they only have to play Georgia Tech and, and uh, Stanford, but you have enough <laughs> chaos in front of them. Uh, Notre Dame's got a Got a chance still, nonetheless. Uh, I mean, Oregon to lose in Cincinnati. Yep. Yep. I think they'll be in, so it's possible. It is. Yeah, that Oregon-Utah game. Huge game that's on ABC. So it's not Pac-12 after dark. Uh, That belongs to Arizona State and Oregon State. But, yeah. So should be an interesting weekend of... Game days after Ohio State, I would imagine. They are, yes. And I think that's the game. That's a game on, um, on ABC. I don't. I don't know why Fox didn't snag that game. I would have thought they would because normally. Oh, I. I guess maybe they alternate which, um, which network gets first dibs on games. They get Iowa State. Oklahoma. I don't think that's as much to... And that potential, but uh, yeah. beginning of the year, that looked like a big one. Yep. But... Yeah, so maybe they claim that ahead of time there. Not great. Not great. So. Oh. Uh, anything else college football-wise we need to get to? Tennessee and Georgia was interesting for like a half. Mm-hmm. But, uh, nobody, nobody can score. Nobody can score on this Georgia team. No. They, they just can't. cannot score more than more than two touchdowns. And this this game had potential going in because Tennessee uh, Hendon Hooker was playing really good at quarterback, and Tennessee can score a bunch of points. And you're right, yeah, no one could score on Georgia. It's it's remarkable. I usually hate when teams wear black jerseys, but I thought the Tennessee jerseys were very good. Mm-hmm. And no one threw mustard, so that was very nice. No mustard, no. No water bottles, so that was very good. Uh, State yeah, people, so that was nice. Uh, Gophers almost beat Iowa. That would have been nice. Sure would have. So close. U- uh, USD beats SDSU on a Hail Mary. Oh. Oh. Seven you seconds. Yeah, punt. I think the is punt the football. I get that, but I also worry if it's like a blocked punt. Uh, like just, don't you think a lot of scenarios that like if, if you run a play like that, you have to make sure that time runs out. Yes, they're close enough to where that can happen. Because if you punt the ball, they're not gonna. 
know. They can't do a Hail Mary there. They can't. Whatever they do, I don't, you know, they, the USD probably scores, what, 5% of the time on that play anyway? The Hail Mary? Yeah, but yeah. 5%, Maybe. 5 times out of 100, yep. 3%. Because then two Jackrabbits have their hands on it for, like, just knock yeah. it down. Like, you don't need to catch it there. Ball only got to the five-yard line. Or my philosophy is always just fucking hang on to your receiver and pull him down. Ball <laughs> and I'm never going to call that. Right. Well, in, in college, it's only 15 yards. Yeah, so why not do that? Uh, you get away with this. Because um, it was fourth and one from the 43 of the USDs. So he ran the ball three straight times with Pierre Strong, and he picked up three yards each time. So you're like... Go for it and just go for it. Punting, I feel like, is the safest option. He punts. There's, what, two seconds left? Three seconds left? Uh, there should probably be two seconds left when you punt. And you just don't lose that game. So yeah. that's, that's a bad loss for, for a is. lot of reasons. It is. I just wanted, like, with seven seconds left, you get a shotgun snap. You can run around for a little bit. Maybe... You know, like run out, you know, sprint to the right and whatnot. And then just heave the ball as far as you can down the field, as high as you can. I, I didn't see this. Just run out of the back of the end zone. Run 60 yards the other way. Sure. Yeah, that would have been a safety. That would have been perfect. You should be able to take up eight seconds by running the ball the other way. You should so. have. They should have. That would have been way smarter. <laughs> ah, that, that, that mismanaged game for sure. That That's not good. That That's... That's not good at all. So that's bad, bad loss for SDSU. And now it probably means that they will be playing Thanksgiving weekend. Though I suppose there's an outside chance they could, you know, get a 7 or 8 seed. But, ugh. They'll be at home. Yeah. Gotta win the week at USD. They'll be in the playoffs now. So that was a must win for them to get in. So good mm-hmm. for them. Uh, Wake Forest is at Clemson. Let's, uh, let's win that game, Wake Forest. Yep. Um, yeah, it's not bad. We'll see. You know, Michigan at Maryland, uh, up there, Michigan's a 15-point favorite. You know, looking ahead to the big game next week. You know, Michigan take care of business. Mm-hmm. Well, so, we're getting, getting down to it here. Yes, two weeks to go in the regular season before championship week starts up, so... That uh, will be certainly interesting to follow. Uh, do we need to get to any basketball or hockey at all? I think the Bulls are going to the finals. Whoa! I was very skeptical at the beginning. But they're really good. They, yeah. they, they get their ass kicked versus Golden State. And also, Golden State, good again. Yep. So, they're at Brooklyn tonight. So, that's uh, people like that. Mm-hmm. Can Washington no, keep this pace up? I think. Yeah, well, no. Well, I mean, Washington, that's, 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 something, that's something out of the ordinary right there. That's odd. Um, you know, Milwaukee's not even in the playoffs right now. They're 6-8. So right, that's a right. Neither, not, and neither is Atlanta. They've lost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if the playoffs mm-hmm. were to start, they wouldn't be in. So, Brooklyn's good. Washington's going to, you would assume, come back to the pack. The Bulls are good. I, I'm pleasantly surprised. DeMar DeRozan has been excellent. You know, everybody else has been excellent. So, 
I like that. The Suns, Suns were not a fluke. Suns are ten and three, so Suns appear to be appear to be a serious contender. Yep, close win against Minnesota. Minnesota's had a lot of close games that they could have that they could have won. Um, so that's disappointing that they can't break through. No. They did beat the Lakers though. Uh, and the Lakers are playing a lot of home games and a lot of bad teams, and to be eight and seven at this point, uh, I get that LeBron James is is injured or has a hurt ankle he may return on friday but i think he's just going to keep getting injured i think the i think the injuries are going to continue to mount to this old veteran lakers team and they've had a very light schedule so far for the most part they're playing a lot of their games at home uh once they get into the you know the latter part the second half of the schedule really post all-star break and you're playing a lot of good teams and you're playing a lot of road games Lakers could be in some trouble here. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't see them winning a series at this point. But I think Golden State's back. Golden State, they yes. are. Uh, I'm glad to see they are good again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yeah. that was that was missing at least for me. And the Bulls. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's boy. They've had one really good year since Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. That was. Was that Derrick Rose when he tore his ACL in the playoffs? That was the year before. Oh. He was, he was, that was his MVP year. That was 2011. I don't say, say no, 9, 10. It was a 2010 season. They won MVP and they went to the Eastern Conference Finals, lost to Miami. So that was their one really good year they've had. And I think this, they should at least get to the Conference Finals, I would hope. Maybe Milwaukee turns it around, but anybody else, I mean, it's Brooklyn, and that's about it. The East, as usual, not not very impressive. No. So I think the Bulls have got a real good shot of doing something. Yeah. Hey, I, um, I, I, I haven't done I said it at the beginning of the year that they could be a, a top four seed. So I'm glad it's glad it's looking good. I, mean, I think they will be. Yeah, I think they're winning that division. So I think they'll be at least two seed. So, so. and Marcus Rosen, he'll get he'll get MVP consideration. He'll probably be Steph Curry, but I think I thought it'd be Zach Levine. I said I don't think Zach Levine will probably get MVP consideration if the Bulls are going to be good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be Demarcus Rosen. So, hmm. hey, that that would be good. Yeah. Maybe a change of scenery for him. He didn't do great in San Antonio, and now is doing some. Good things in Chicago. Uh, anything else we need to get to? Volleyball season done for you. The football season, of course, is done. Or what, what do you have uh, before basketball gears up in December? And we've got a month off, so that's good. Don't got to do a game for a month, which is nice. Uh, Thursday went to Harrisburg. They lost in three. But it was close. Uh, first set was 26-24, which is the exact score of the set. Remember the first set when they played two months ago. Mm-hmm. And they lost the uh, the third set. They lost twenty nine twenty seven. So it was one of those deals where they were they were a decent team. They just couldn't beat anybody good. They came very close a couple times. So I thought Rapid City don't have to do that. We had some icky weather on that Thursday. Yeah. Just some they had snow. Well, not a lot of snow. A little bit of snow. Kind of icy crap. I only went about 55 on the way home. So, that wasn't fun. No. So, 
Doesn't sound did like that. It. Did that on uh, Thursday to wrap up the uh, the sports season. So. Well, hopefully you have some better traveling weather here come winter, though I, I'm guessing it's going to more likely than not that that, that likely won't be. It'll be, it'll be a few. A lot of home games early on, so that's good. Yep. So we'll see about that. Uh, Haley Timmer for the women, SDSU women. I think she'll be pretty good. She's yeah. a freshman from St. Thomas Moore out in Rapid City. Good. So uh, they're always a excellent team. And I think she's going to be all right. So, uh, what Bailey Shireman got player of the week. Yeah, oh. would have had 11 points, 14 rebounds yeah, for the three, week. Three double doubles will do that for you. So, yeah, men, men look good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Sort of the, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a great time of the year. We got Thanksgiving next week. That's yeah, always, always a good sports, sports time. Mm-hmm. A lot of good college football, it seems like. Yep. Got and some... you get all your college basketball tournaments yep. going. Yep. So good college basketball tournament, so we get to look forward to that. What What have you found? You're a married man for what? And happy birthday to you. Thank you. To Thank today's you. Today's your birthday. Yep. Yep. 34. 34 years old. 34. Uh, you were 34. How's that? What was, was it? What was 30 a big deal? It was like shit. I'm 30 years old now. Yeah. Jesus yep. Christ. Yep. That's. You know what? Sometimes I put more like a kind of an emphasis more on numbers than I should. Like, oh, it's you know my first year now in the 30s and whatnot. Um. And then once so, you get past thirty, it's like oh, I'm 31, 32, 33, yeah, whatever. It's just it's just another day. It it really is just another year. Like thirty four doesn't really do anything. Uh, I think you know once you get to forty, that'll mean you know something. Cause, oh, you're over the hill. Ha ha ha. Uh, Fifty. It's just another year. Just another year. Another year. You've been married for what? Five years? Six years? Five? Uh, six years. Six years and it's twenty years. Uh, twenty fifteen. Yep. Six years and a month. Six years and a month today. And you really like sports, right? I do. And Kelsey, you would say, tolerates sports? She's she's better than tolerate. She will watch it, but like she's not nearly like an avid fan like I am. But she I mean, she partakes in fantasy football. She does a March Madness bracket. She'll watch the Vikings. She'll watch football. She'll watch sports, uh, but it's certainly not. Um, like, does she like watching, watching it? I think she does for the most part. It's not her first choice, but she will watch on occasion with me. Because uh, Melissa doesn't really like it, I would imagine. Because she says, oh, you watch so much, and I'm just thinking in my head, I don't watch anything compared to what I used to. It's like it's it's not even... I maybe watch half of what I used to wear. I I would agree with that uh, from my standpoint as well. I've I've definitely watching fewer sports now, and that, that changes too. You know, as you get married, yeah, you have kids, and, and everything like that, you're a little busier and whatnot. But I would say my sports watching compared to when I was in college has dropped oh significantly by at least half. Yeah, it's interesting that they think, "My God, that's all you watch," and I'm like. I didn't watch anything today. <laughs> they were like, like on a Monday, like I didn't watch a single sports thing today. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, you you want to see me watch some fucking sports? <laughs> Let me watch what I want for one fucking week, and I'll drive you nuts. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how much fucking football. There's been maybe two Saturdays I've been able just to say, all right, we're watching it all day long for the most part. Mm-hmm. 
that's about it. Yep. So, it's, you know, like Sundays, the you know, NFL, you know, then of course when March comes around, it's like, okay, we know it's March Madness, so mm-hmm. we're, we're watching this. So, and that's not a ever a problem, but uh, and last year because it was the the high school tournament was out in Rapid City, so I was out there for the first two days, mm-hmm. three days really. So she didn't get really much of that at all. So it is. It is funny. How that works. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. So. We just got to keep grooming them into sports fans, right? Yeah. Because I watch stuff I don't care about or stuff that I don't mind. You watch you know, Game of Thrones, right? I mean. That was good. Yeah. Yeah, that was good. Watching this Yellowstone with Kevin Costner, we watched that. That's uh-huh. yeah. good enough. People like that. Uh, we watch some shows, so. Yep. Also, before we go, uh, that hot stove second's heating up real oh. early. Oh, geez. Well, you better. I better get the DR wood splitter out here then quick and, and oh. start to, uh, keeping it warm. Uh, I, what I see, Barrio signed a, a big deal with the Blue Jays and Noah Syndergaard with the Angels, uh, right? Seven years, $131 million for Barrios, which is good for him. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with the Twins trading him. That's fine for me. Yep, I am too. I wouldn't do that. So, he, for him, he, he's got to find another gear. He's been very good, very consistent. I need him to find an, another gear. And then Cindergard, I don't like that at all. Angels are fucking stupid. Yeah, they they, they, they seem to have some issues. One year, $21 million for a guy coming off Tommy John. And they give up a draft pick, too. So, if he's good, he's going to probably go somewhere else. Or at least, you know, he's going to have a pretty good deal, so... Good for him getting at least a one-year contract with that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiger sided Eduardo Rodriguez for what, seventy-seven million for four or five years from Boston. So whatever that's worth. A lot of pitchers. I'm interested to see how much money these pitchers get because Barrios. There's a few guys better than him, so they're looking at probably at least 150 million. So we'll see how much hot stove gets done here before lockouts and strikes and things start in a couple weeks. Hopefully the Twins can make some moves and I will get to, get to splitting and chopping that wood. Chopping that wood and then uh, your football team's looking for a new football coach. Yes, they are. Yep. Um, oh. Was thinking like Shane Beamer from South Carolina? But, I mean, is that difficult following in your father's footsteps <laughs> there? Um, yeah. I had an old ball coach. Old ball coach could use a job with the beignets and such. Oh, I think it might be a little too far north for him. Well, too far north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll see what they come up with. But yeah, yeah, you got to get him back to being a perennial powerhouse in the ACC and competing for ACC championships because this just doesn't cut it. No. So a lot, a lot of news this week. A lot of news. A lot oh. of news indeed. Well, you have a great week, my friend. Enjoy your time off, and uh, good, good luck at fantasy this week, and we'll, we'll chat next week. All right, I'll see you. Travis Crins joining me here on the Sports Block Podcast. Always appreciate his time, as always. Great stuff there, so talked a lot. NFL, college football, and then his defeat in uh, with me. In the, oh, that, that's tough. Um, that's, that's tough. Uh, but either way... Um, but we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. We'll keep trudging along here and we will, 
Uh, talk more college football here coming up with Charlie Hildebrand. We'll get some reaction to the college football playoff rankings. They're coming out here very soon. And we'll play another edition of Bowl Bound or Not as we uh, rapidly approach the end of the regular season here in college football. So plenty to get to here on this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at Andy Stacken. Travis Crins on Twitter at Travis Crins. Facebook Nathan Stacken. A link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Coming up, though, more college football talk with one and only Charlie Hildebrand. That's coming up next year on the Sports Block Podcast, available on podcast.com. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, time to talk some more college football, and who better to do that with than my good friend from the Northwest Iowa Review and our resident college football expert, Charlie Hildebrand. Charlie, how are we doing? I'm good. Not as good as uh, as you are today, Mr. Mark Maple. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. 34 I hear you turned 26 today. I did. 26 plus 8. I think this, this is the 8th year of my 26th birthday. Or tw- 8th anniversary uh, of my 26th birthday. Yes, 8th anniversary of my 26th birthday. I, I got to be honest, Charlie. I don't feel all that different. I don't feel all that different in age. I don't feel... I, I, and I don't feel as... Uh, like I am 34. Like my maturity level might be down a little bit. Or, you know, I just... You know, I enjoy having a few drinks here and there. I don't, it just, it feels like if I needed to, I could go back to my college days for a little bit. You know what I mean? I do. I, uh, I've always, I mean, I feel like, you know, 18's a big one, mm-hmm. 21's a big one, and then depending on, you know, what you're doing at the time, sometimes you make a big deal about, like, your 22nd or your 23rd birthday, but a little after that, I think, especially for men, mm-hmm. at least most men, like the, oh, my birthday super mega special kind of dies down. It's just like, oh, hey, you know, I had something I wanted for breakfast special or for dinner special. Mm-hmm. You or, know, or I just someone sat- someone made someone brought a cake at work and that was about it. Yeah, or like some, you know, I brought I got donuts for my birthday, or I just sat home and drank beer all day. I mean, that that seems like a very good. I feel like you know. Th- I, I thought 30 was a big deal just because, oh, I leave in the 20s and the 30s. So I think, like, 30, then 40, then 50. I think, like, once you get into the, the – begin the new decade, that's – those are the big birthdays. But then after that, it's really nothing. I'd also toss 65 in there just because that's, I think, officially senior system. Then, but, yeah. Yeah, and social and social security, hopefully, then, too, for you. Yeah, true. No, you could it'll all that. be gone by the time we're that. Uh, I, hope, I, I hope not, but I think you're right. I do think you're right there. Uh, let's talk some college football here. Do you, we we can go a number of different ways here. So, would you like to start out with what happened last week? Would you like to talk college football playoff rankings, uh, or do we start with bowl bound or not? I figure we should probably wait with bowl bound or not. Look, if I'm going to be honest, I most want to talk about Kansas beating Texas. Oh, very good. I asked I asked Travis this here not too long ago. I said, "Who had the more embarrassing weekend?" Florida or Texas. And I think you can make an argument for both. I, I do think Texas probably gets the edge because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Kansas has won only two road games in Big 12 play in the last decade, and both have happened to be at Texas. The other time they beat Texas, I'm almost positive it was at Lawrence. Was it? Okay. All right. Well, then, then maybe... I'm like 85% sure. Okay. Then I, then I apologize there. But regardless, the majority of the, the overall point stands that Kansas seems to have 
uh, a great deal more success against Texas than they do against any other Big 12 school, at least relatively so in the last decade. How can you explain what Kansas just did to Texas? I honestly can't explain it. I was flabbergasted by that. And it's not because, I mean, clearly, I think some point early in the year, like I thought, oh, hey, Texas lost Arkansas, but maybe they're actually not that bad. And you were like, uh, are you sure? Maybe they are really bad. And I was like, ah, they'll probably be okay. Clearly, you were right about that. And I was wrong. <laughs> They've not been good since then. But I still thought that they'd be Kansas, not and that was much more of a knock on Kansas mm-hmm. than anything Texas had done well. Lowly Kansas. Especially playing in Austin. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that Austin's like an elite home field advantage or anything, but, you know, Kansas doesn't play well, period, let alone on the road. I mean, and they led most of the game. Texas needed a big drive at the end just to tie it to send yep. it to overtime. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I guess, so, I mean, I guess I don't have to recap everything because I think mean, we know how it went, but, you know, Texas scored in overtime. Kansas scored, didn't kick the PAT to tie it, went for two to win it. Uh, ironically, I don't know if you saw this or not, the kid that caught the two-point conversion, that game was the first time he'd ever played an offensive snap with Kansas. I did. I did. was only in the game because of injuries to other guys in front. I did see, I did see that. And I think, uh, I think I'm reading the headline here that he is getting uh, NIL deals after that, it was it. Uh, I'm pulling up the story here now. His name is Casey, correct? That that's the uh, Jared Casey. I don't remember his name. I remember he was a, he was from some small town in Kansas. He's a walk he was on like Plainville, Kansas. He's a walk on fullback. Uh, does that sound right? For Plainville, Plainville. Yeah. Does that sound? Oh yeah, Plainview. Yeah, something Plain, like that. Yeah, yep. It says Plainville here. I think that's the guy in question here. Uh, oh, yeah, that's definitely the guy, man. Um, I like I, I I have to imagine. Also, to your question earlier, mm-hmm. I definitely think Texas losing is more embarrassing than what Florida did. Florida's was embarrassing, obviously, and I think it was especially embarrassing at halftime when I think they were down. At mm-hmm. that point in time, you can make a case it was worse because it was a bad FCS team, and they had given but, up more points in one half than they had. Than they had done ever before in program history, and this wasn't a four-win uh, Pac-12 school or a four-win team from the SEC or the you know the Sun Belt. This is a FCS school. Yeah, a bad FCS school. Yes, yes. But they still won, and their offense still scored seventy points. So while that's obviously not good, I don't think you should feel great about it as a Florida fan. You basically—I I don't remember where I heard this. I heard—I I remember reading somewhere that or this was a joke, somewhat made on Twitter. But basically, your goal each day is just to not be the main character of the main story on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And Florida was the main story for a little bit because obviously not all the games have been played yet. Once Texas lost, I think that was—they were—they were definitely the main character of, uh, of sports Twitter that day. So I, I think yep. Texas was more embarrassing because they actually lost. To a team that had to storm the field because they beat USD. Right, exactly right. I do think though, like the, for the vast majority of the listening audience, who, you know, people who are listening to this podcast, they probably weren't following along with Kansas and Texas though, either because a they didn't care, b they didn't know it was going on, or c they just thought like, oh, Texas is going to win, so it was just a foregone conclusion. 
So if you could take... To be, to be fair, I think I will counter with, I think everyone would have thought the same thing about Florida also. True. And the true. whole point is that you're not watching... Nobody planned, I think, on watching either of those games mm-hmm. unless you were a fan of one of those schools. Yep. And it wasn't until everyone online or if you were flipping through the channels or saw it on a game break in or a halftime game was like, oh, that's way more entertaining than this other game I'm watching now. Let's flip there. Yeah. So I think they both had that, that nobody True. was going to watch either of those games. Yep. And then because and then the one difference was that, you know, Florida still found a way to win. I think yes. by 14 or whatever. Yep. And Texas had to have a late drive to tie it. It didn't matter. So if you could look at like two or three points from that Kansas-Texas game that you were just like, wait, wait, what is going on here? Whether that would be like a good play from Kansas or bad play by Texas. Like what really stood out to you in this game? Um, In terms of gameplay itself, I don't have a whole lot. I mean, at this point, the only stuff I really remember was at the end, especially the last point. You know, I've yep. obviously seen that the most times since because it's the one that, you know, won the game and sticks out the most. But, I, I mean, I remember I I went to a, a lot of people at work, you'll be stunned to hear this at Northwest Iowa, are Iowa and Iowa State teams. Yeah, wow. And there was some night that I went to some, like, work party where they were watching Iowa State. And Iowa State hadn't been having as good of a year as some people thought. So they did it the night where Iowa State won the Kansas. Because they were like, oh, this is the safest because Iowa State got <laughs> Okay. And okay. Iowa State won like 60 to nothing or 60 to 7. Like they just destroyed Kansas. Mm-hmm. And that's the most of Kansas I've seen this year. Nothing in that game made me think, oh, hey, Kansas, even though they didn't play that well and lost bad, they've got some guys. They can turn this around and be good. I never thought that at all. And then to roll into Austin, you know, when Steve Sarkeesian needs any win he can get this first year where things are not going his way, and to basically flip them the birds on the way out, mm-hmm. uh, no pun intended because they're at the Jayhawks. I didn't think of that until <laughs> I like going, it. I like but it. But I'm going with it now. And leave with a win, you know, throw the pass to a walk-on fullback is – I think it's going to be one of those things we look – I mean, I don't know if we're going to remember this seven or eight years from but I think one or two years we'll still remember that. We will look back on that and get everyone acceptance. Right. The argument that I can – and I I agree with you in general, and I, and I think that, like, the loss by Texas is by far the more embarrassing result to Kansas because Texas is supposed to be this – awesome brand of football like yeah like everyone wants you know to be in burnt orange and texas is back and all this all this you know gobbledygook and you know the these this just hodgepodge and spewage of cliche like oh texas is great and we're going to the sec rah 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 yay texas you know we're so good and the loss to kansas is bad but if i may just make an argument for florida here Dan Mullen is on the verge of getting ousted at Florida, I think, because Florida was, what, 2-8 and eight in their last 10 games against FBS teams. They've looked just terrible here over the course of the last month. Everyone was like, oh, look at how great we came, you know, how close we came to beating Alabama. And for your defense to 
be as atrocious as they were in that first half against Samford, and even for the offense, like they were down by 14 points at one point in this game. So I think you know, for all of the the storm clouds that are starting to swirl around Gainesville, like at least Steve Sarkeesian's in his first year, so he has that little bit of time. For Dan Mullen, this is the time now. You have to get this thing going, or you might not be back next year. I just, I, I, I th- agree. I don't think he'll be back next year, and I think four years from today, neither of them will be at Florida or Texas as the head coach. Sure. The way things are oh going. yeah, right. Um, so I, I mean, to your point, I agree that I think Dan Mullen's going to lose his job sooner than Steve Sarkeesian is, but. I mean, if Texas keeps losing now that they've got that loss to Kansas, like I'm not saying they will fire Sarkeesian after the first year, but I don't know who the rest of their schedule is. But there's clearly, if they lost to Kansas, we can't point to any of their, their next two games or three or however they have left mm-hmm. and say, oh, Texas is definitely going to win this game. Like that's out the window now. Wow. They could lose any game the rest of the way. And if they finish three and nine or four and eight or whatever, you know, after firing a guy who was generally winning eight or nine games each year. I don't think they'll fire Sarkeesian, but if they lose out, it's going to be interesting to see what they The Texas Athletic Director, for what it's worth, said, quote, not a time to splinter regarding Sarkeesian, so he's backing him. Well, that's great. You know, good job on that. Uh, Texas will be in bullbound or not. I can guarantee you that. We will uh, um, just a. Uh, foreshadowing here we're going to be talking about all the four win teams this week and i believe texas is at four wins so that uh so stay tuned for that so yeah that's a bad bad loss there um overall throughout the you know for the week not a ton of like eye-opening results oklahoma lost to baylor and i don't think it's the result necessarily that is more stunning but if you watch this game Baylor yeah. was absolutely Baylor whooping just them. looks better. Yes, yep, they were, I mean, it, they win 27-14, to 14, but the final score doesn't indicate just how much better Baylor was throughout this game. And I think it's great that we can finally maybe put to bed now the, oh, can Oklahoma run the table? Like, what's wrong with Oklahoma? Can they, like, put something together and go undefeated? No, that, that's done now. We don't even have to worry about them in the college football playoff. Unless something absolutely crazy happens. I agree with everything except your last point. I don't think it's going to get to this, and I don't think it's going to get to Oklahoma, there have been many years where Oklahoma, since the playoffs started in 2014, has lost one game in a mediocre Big 12. And everyone said, well, Oklahoma's not getting it now. And then they won out, won the Big 12 title game. And it's like, well, I guess Oklahoma's in a three or four season. So... I, now, I, I think that enough other teams are going to win that it's, not, it's going to be a good point that whether they win, the, win out or not, I think it won't matter. But, but I'm just saying that it's possible. Okay? Sure. I, I think, though, that like I would, even though they aren't in a conference championship game, I would take a one-loss Notre Dame team over a one-loss. I would, too, but, I mean, it's not just that. I mean, there's a lot of other games. I mean, it's, you know. Alabama mm-hmm. loses, Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State each lose. So, so nobody in the Big Ten has. Right. I guess if, you know, if Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma here in a couple weeks, then then it is a, a foregone. That's also true, yeah. yeah. It, that, that was the other thing I was going to say, too. I also wouldn't be stunned if Oklahoma loses. 
I wouldn't either. I mean, Caleb it, Williams, not that the shot. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say also the, about the game specifically. Yep. Is that it's funny that, you know, when uh, when Spencer Rappler was struggling, everyone was cheering for Caleb Williams to come back. And now all of a sudden he struggles. They're, they're, they're cheering for Rappler to come back in. I just find that. Fickle fans. That humorous the way that's played out this year. Exactly. Exactly. Auburn loses to Mississippi State. That wasn't good. Uh, I got to say, though, Michigan, I think, is the big winner of, of Week 11. I get I get a lot of people are going to say Ohio State is for beating Purdue, and, oh, it was upset-minded Purdue, and look how good Purdue is. Yeah, Purdue's great. I mean, they beat Iowa, and they beat Michigan State. That's fine. I think that got Ohio State's attention. Maybe if they had only won one of those games, maybe things play out a little different. And Ohio State looked very, very good. That was probably far probably the most complete performance that they've had in quite some time, or the most dominating performance against considering the competition. But Michigan, for them to go into Penn State and ahead of, you know, a game, you got a game against uh, Ohio State coming up here in a couple of weeks. And for Michigan to get that win in Happy Valley, 21 to 17, especially after they, you know, fell behind there late in the fourth quarter, I think that bodes well for Michigan, gives them that confidence, and they are a team to definitely watch ahead of, uh, of their game against Ohio State because. If they lose that game to Penn State, then the game against Ohio State doesn't matter except for rivalry purposes. But now you are in a position where you should beat Maryland this week. Then you can play Ohio State in the big house, in your backyard, and have a chance to go to the Big Ten Championship game for the first time ever. In 10 years, Michigan has never made it to the Big Ten Championship game, I don't believe. So, so this is huge for them. So I think Michigan, if I'm looking at the grand scheme of things this weekend, or from, from week 11, Michigan was my big winner of the week. I think that's fair. Um, I I do think it's worth noting that this is not a great Penn State team. I, agree I think they're that. good, but they're, they're not great. Yep. But they did still go on the road and win. These were the wins that, for the most part, Jim Harbaugh was not getting. Mm-hmm. I think he's only beat Michigan State twice. And I think both of them were, like, really bad Michigan State teams. Yep. And I think he's only beat Michigan or beat Penn State, like, once before. And uh, it was that one, I think it was that second year, where Michigan was one of the most loaded teams in the country and lost in overtime against Ohio State. I think they beat Penn State that lat- or that year. So, about again, 2016, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they beat Penn State any other year until this year. So, I mean, like I said, these were the wins he was not. You know, he, he had been good at Michigan, but not as good as people wanted it to be. And it collapsed a lot of times and not been able to pull out close games against other, you know, good teams. And he, and he did it. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State. But, you know, I think it's – I don't want to say it's more likely now, but you certainly feel a little bit better about it if it would one against Penn State. So, I mean, it's I guess it's baby steps, but they're steps in the right direction. Georgia undisputed, number one team in the country. That, you know, For as good as that Tennessee offense is with Hendon Hooker, Virginia Tech transfer, uh, Georgia put the clamps on them after the first quarter. They won 41-17. I'm having a difficult time figuring out who the second best team in the country is. We'll get to the college football playoff rankings here in just a moment. 
But I think there's an argument that you can make, you know, that, okay, Alabama, yes, they're considered the number two team in the country. They beat New Mexico State by 56. Big whoop. I mean, that that was what they should have done. Oregon struggled with Washington State for a half but pulled away. I mean, they, they still have that win against Ohio State, which carries a lot of of clout. You know, Ohio State with the big win against Purdue. Cincinnati gave up 28 points to South Florida, which isn't good, but they want, got the win 45-28. There's a lot of, I guess... What I'm trying to say is I can't make out – I think there are arguments that you could make for who is the second best team in the country, but no one is really distancing themselves and definitively saying, yes, we are the second best behind Georgia. It's Georgia and everyone else just trying to fight for spots two through four. Yeah, at this point, for based off what we've seen, I definitely agree with that. They look head and shoulders above everyone else. I mean, that's a really, really good Tennessee offense. Mm-hmm. And they held them to 17, which you would be like, oh, hey, that's a good defensive performance. And it's the most points they've allowed all season. And to be, you know, through 10 games, and 17 is the most you've allowed. And, you know, you're not playing in Alaska where every game is, you know, <laughs> 18 degrees outside. Right. Like, that's, in 2021, that's incredibly impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's like some 1968 stuff. Where it's like, oh, they never gave up 20 points all season, and all these teams, they held the single digits. And it's like, well, yeah, but, you know, it was different then. And they they basically are have they have a new school defense that has old school stats, yes. which is incredibly impressive to do. Yep. And, and their offense is good, too. I mean, for all, you know, the defense gets all the credit, which they should, because, you know, they might be the best defense in a decade. But their offense is, like, is good. I mean, I don't think they have one of the five best offenses in the country. But they're not like a lot of the other Georgia offenses of recent years where they're, you know, either mediocre or just slightly above average or sometimes even a detriment. You know, they're actually they're actually good. I don't think if they played Alabama, like some years, Alabama's going to hold them to 10 and be like, no, you can't score on us. Like, I think, I think Georgia can find a way to get to 17 or 20 against Alabama. And I don't know if Alabama can get to 20 against Georgia's defense. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. Um, anything else from week 11 that stood out to you? Um, I don't think I really have anything else. I mean, the only other thing was uh, Northwest Iowa native, Co-Keith, Sioux Center, who plays for your Gophers, got a long touchdown. More people from, uh, from this area. But. It's a shame that Minnesota didn't win that game. Um, I know they needed to throw it to him deep one more time, and then you know that's all. That's what they would have needed. Exactly, could have gotten it done. Exactly. Uh, the the game of the week this week, Michigan State at Ohio State, with the way Ohio State's playing lately, and Michigan State maybe looking a little shaky. I think the Buckeyes win this game comfortably. That's the big game this week. But we also have. Uh, a big game in Utah with Oregon against Utah. Oregon wins that game. That If Oregon loses this game, they're done. Uh, Travis wants them to lose. He just wants Oregon out. Uh, that would certainly open the door up for Cincinnati. But uh, I think if we're looking at this week's slate of games, those two are by far the biggest games, or, or at least the games with the biggest playoff ramifications. Yeah, I... I, I... Ohio State, Michigan State, more so just because they both have chances at making the playoffs. Yes, yes. Yep. Uh, and like you said, Ohio State expected to win in every favorite. I completely agree. But it's worth noting that in 2015, Ohio State 
you know, the defending national champions and number one team all year, we're the most talented team in the country. Played Michigan State in Columbus, and for whatever reason, only gave Ezekiel Elliott like nine carries. And Michigan State kicked a field goal on the last play of the game to win. So I don't think that's going to happen, but there is precedent for Ohio State being dumb on offense and Michigan State winning a defensive struggle against them. So not expecting a repeat of that, but it is possible. And then on the other end, with Oregon and Utah, it's, it's in Utah, right? It is, yes. Yeah, so I mean that's a long that's a long road trip. I would expect that's going to be a dogfight too. I think Oregon's going to find a way to pull it out, but I would not be the least bit surprised if Utah wins. You know, Utah probably the most physical team in the Pac-12. Oregon is more physical than they were ten or fifteen years ago. But I mean, and like you said, I mean, I'm trying to think. Of, I think the only other team Oregon has left is Oregon's team. I don't see them losing either. Correct, and, and that, and that think, is in Eugene, for the record. Yeah, regardless of where that one is, I think they can play it underwater. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, and I guess, I don't know, if they can play a rematch with Utah in the back to That would seem to be likely unless Arizona State were to win out and Utah were to lose out, but Utah plays Colorado next week, and I don't see that. Um I don't that see seems pretty team. unlikely. Agreed. Agreed. But it also, I mean, I think you know, you said that Prince wants Oregon to lose because he could help Cincinnati. Yeah, and he just doesn't like Oregon. He doesn't think they're worthy. He just wants them out. Okay. Kind of like I was Oklahoma. Say, if, if that, if, he, if the second part, if that's true, then that's fine. I'm not going to make the case for you should root for Oregon. But anyone saying I want Oregon to lose just because I want Cincinnati to get in the points, I think you're better off rooting for Georgia to beat Alabama, to keep Alabama out of the playoffs. Because I think Cincinnati would still get in. Or Auburn to beat Alabama. Or Auburn to beat Alabama. A lot lot can happen. Uh, Any other games that really catch your attention for this week? Uh, I mean, I'm mildly interested in Nebraska and Wisconsin. You should see how Nebraska does after firing a bunch of offensive assistants. True. And, you know, they they had a bye week to prepare. I don't know who their GAs are. I don't know how much it'll matter. I think they're probably not going to beat Wisconsin. I would imagine they're going to lose by like 15 or 20. But but at the same time, Nebraska's been really good on defense this year. So, you know, if they can hold Wisconsin to 17 or so, maybe they can find a way to get lucky and pull out a win. But I'm uh, not going to hold my breath. Should we get to some bull bound or not? Let's do it. All right. Very good. We have a lot of people, as I said, that, that all across the country, all across the world, that love this game, that, that love uh, what it does, what it means for college football. Frank Fort in uh, Kentucky is just a, an avid fan of this. He says he enjoys listening to the podcast every week. Fort Bull Zeman in Montana is also a huge fan of it. He says, even though you don't talk FCS as much, uh, I still love listening to Bull Bound or not. It's great. So appreciate that. Uh, again, Eugene in Oregon, an avid listener. He reaches out quite a bit here. Uh, so we just. Did you hear about Sydney in Australia? Yeah, Sydney. I mean, Sydney is a huge. I would say, out of all our international fans or all of our international listeners, Sydney is probably. Uh, Sydney in Australia reaches out the most. And we certainly appreciate Sydney. I can't tell. I haven't found out if Sydney's a boy or a girl yet. 
uh, or man or a woman. So, uh, Sydney, re- regardless of who you are, we thank you for listening to um, to to the, the to the podcast, and we appreciate you always uh, wanting more bull bound or not during college football season. It's great stuff. Very good. Uh, so we are going to go here at, at least at last count here. I think if my South Dakota State and Marshall, Minnesota mathematics is correct. We have 60 teams with at least six wins. So that leaves like roughly 20-ish or so uh, teams left for a bowl game. We are going to go, since we have two weeks left in the season, we are just going to look at the four win teams remaining. Uh, or teams with four wins to see if... These teams can catch lightning in a bottle, get two straight wins, and get to bowl eligibility. So, if you are ready, we are going to start with Tulsa. Tulsa, I'm ready. Four and six. Their last two games, home against Temple and at SMU on November 27th. So, home against Temple, November 20th, at SMU, November 27th. uh, Charlie, is Tulsa bowl bound or not? Nope, they're losing them both. All right, very good. Uh, for the record, when we went through when when we discussed Tulsa last time, uh, you said that they weren't bull bound as well. So consistency matters, and that's what we got here. Uh, Tulsa is the only four and six team, only team with four wins in the American right now. Uh, so and they're going to stay the only team with four wins in the American. Very good. How about Florida State? Florida State with an incredible. We're going to go to the AAC, or the ACC now. Florida State an incredible win against Miami. This game that Florida State was up seventeen to nothing and forced three turnovers of the Hurricanes in the first quarter, then fell behind and then came back in a wild game. Uh, so they got the big win there. Florida State four and six. They have oh man, we didn't even talk about them last time. So let me get their schedule pulled up here because uh, I mean we we obviously need. To, to know the play, we I know, mean, I know they end the game. I know they end the year with Florida. I just don't know who they play before this upcoming weekend. Right, right, absolutely, and that's going to be a huge game. Oh, are you kidding me? Okay, here we go. Let's. As you're looking that up, I will say yes. this about Florida State: as bad as they were to start the year, who would have thought at this point in time? If a month ago I told you. Like, not only is Florida State going to rebound and maybe make a bowl game, they're going to beat both Miami and Florida to do it. Now, granted, they haven't played Florida yet. But a month and a half ago, we would have thought, that's insane. There's no way that's going to happen. They're awful. Florida's going to crush them. I don't know how good Miami is, but Miami will probably crush them, too. And they've already taken care of one of those two now. I didn't think they were going to go to Chapel Hill and beat North Carolina. That was a... Rather stunning to me there. So I have Florida State schedule pulled up here. They're at Boston College on this this Saturday, November 20th. And then they're at Florida, November 27th. Uh, so, Charlie, is Florida State bowl-bound or not? Oh, Florida State's bowl-bound. They're winning both of those games. Whoa. They're winning them both by double digits. They are capping the, uh, the season, not the game comeback, but the season come back to get the bowl eligibility. Incredible. Incredible. The Florida State cheering and chant for after beating Florida mm-hmm. to end the season is going to be, unless you're a Florida fan, it's going to be something to observe. Oh, that is Like yeah, there might be, insane. there might be guys from each team stabbing each other after the game. <laughs> I would have thought that that would have happened with the Hurricanes. I'm not going to lie. That's what I, 
if I were to expect one thing, that, that would be there. So, all right, Florida State bull bound, according to Charlie here. How about, let's go to the Big 12 here. We have a lot of teams here at four and six. It's a, it's a pretty big log jam, to be honest here. We have three teams, like I said, Texas, we're going to start with Texas. Texas is back, or so we have said in the past. They finish at West Virginia November 20th and home against Kansas State November 26th. Charlie, at 4-6, and six, is Texas bullbound or not? Do you remember? I think it was 2016. That was the Texas's back when they beat Notre Dame, mm-hmm. finished the year 4-8. and eight. Yep. In honor of that team, where I think they lost to Kansas that year also, they're going to go 4-8 and eight again this year. They're losing both those games. 4-8, and eight, no bowl game. Very good. And again, uh, for the record, you had... That you did say that Texas wasn't going to be bull bound or not when we when we talked about them a couple weeks ago. Uh, West Virginia, four and six, they host Texas November twentieth, and then they're at Kansas November twenty seventh. Charlie is West Virginia bull bound or not? They're definitely beating Texas. I think even if Texas is like, hey, we're going to get right, we're going to do our best. It's just never easy to travel to Morgantown. Unless you're dramatically better than West Virginia, it's always going to be tough for Big 12 teams to win there, and Texas isn't going to. And Oklahoma State and then, killed that a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And then I, I love that Kansas beat Texas. I don't think they're going to be able to keep that mojo and beat West Virginia also. So West Virginia is winning them both. Mountaineers going bowling. Very good. And, again, you had predicted West Virginia was going to go bull bound or not a couple weeks ago. So staying consistent there. And then finally, TCU, 4-6. and six. They host Kansas November 20th and at Iowa State November 26th. Charlie, is TCU bull bound or not? They're going to beat Kansas to get to 5-6. and six, And then they're going to need that last win against Iowa State. They're not going to be able to get it, though. Playing in Ames in November. Interim coach. I just don't think it's going to work out for them. Cyclones are going to win. No bowl game for TCU. All right. Very good there. Uh, and again, you you said TCU wasn't going to be bull bound a couple weeks ago, so that's very good. Uh, big, I do want to note for the listeners that for a lot of these, I do not remember what I said two weeks ago. Hey, so that, this is coincidence that, that, that they're okay. the same. That's okay. I I'm just saying we're we're keeping track here on the record books. Uh, we go to Illinois. Illinois four and four or four and six. Excuse me. Uh, we didn't talk about them a couple weeks ago when we did the Big Ten. So Illinois is at Iowa, November twentieth, one p.m. Central Time on FS1, and then hosting Northwestern November twenty seventh. So Charlie is Illinois bull bound or not? Well, I think they're going to beat Northwestern, so that would put them at five. They would also need to beat Iowa, though, and I mean Illinois beat Minnesota, and they've also beat Penn State this year. So I don't think we'd be surprised, like really surprised, if they beat Iowa. Mm-hmm. And Iowa's not doing what they've been doing early in the year, so. Ah, man, I'm starting to say, I was, I can't do it. I want to, I want to pick Illinois, but I also want to pick what I actually think is going to happen and get it right. I do not think they're going to beat Iowa. I think they're 5-7. and seven. No, they're, they're not going to be bowl eligible by win record. They may, if there's not enough teams, they might get in at 5-7 and seven with sure. the APR stuff, but. We're not counting that, right? We're only counting right. We're eight all, to six, right? Yeah, because we don't know. Yeah. yeah, we don't know how like the GPA or any of this stuff factors into with five and seven teams. So yeah, we're just gonna so go no, strictly. I'm no bowl game for Illinois. 
Okay, very good. They are the lone four and six. They are the lone four and six team right now in the Big Ten uh, Conference USA. Old Dominion. Uh, we, we we didn't talk about them uh, last uh, when we when we. It's a shame. We should talk about Old Dominion more. All yeah. We I should. actually know almost nothing about Old Dominion, but I love the name of the school. It is a school in Richmond, I believe. And uh, I think they're the Monarchs, if I remember they, right. They are the Monarchs. You are absolutely right. They are at Middle Tennessee State November 20th, and they host Charlotte November 27th. Uh, both of those teams are 5-5. Five and five. So, Charlie, does Old Dominion get to bowl eligibility or not? Are they bowl-bound or not? Hey, stacking. you know what Monarchs do? Uh, they rule. They do, and they also find ways to get things to go in their favor. They're going to do it. They're winning both those. Old Dominion's going to a bowl game. Awesome, awesome stuff there. They're winning. They're both coin flip, but both coin flip games, and they're calling it right both occasions. They're picking tails, and both times it will not fails them. They were. They've won two straight, three straight games. They beat Louisiana Tech twenty three twenty on October thirtieth. They beat Florida International 47-24 on November 6th. And then last week, they took down Florida Atlantic 30-16. So their three-game win streak has put them back on the cusp of bowl eligibility. So we have said that Old Dominion... They're hot right now, too. They are. Yes, they are. So Old Dominion is getting to bowl eligibility, which is very, very good. So let's uh, see. Are there any other teams here? Oh, yes. Our North Texas... Mean Green. We didn't talk about them a couple of weeks ago. So let me pull up the North Texas schedule. Bullbounder Nuts, the perfect time to say this. I'm almost 100% positive that North Texas was the first team to ever go to a bowl game with a losing record. Because they won the uh, the Sun Belt. I don't know what year this was. Like 03, 04, 05, somewhere in there. Uh-huh. With a 5-6 and six record. And even though Middle Tennessee State had a better, a much better record overall and beat, like, Vanderbilt or someone that year. Yep. They didn't win the conference. They either lost a tiebreaker or they lost to North Texas. So North Texas won the conference, and they were 5-6 and six overall and got a play in the bowl. Wow. And you won't be, you'll, be, you'll be stunned to hear this. They got hammered in the bowl game to finish 5-7. and seven. I, am, I am stunned to hear that. But that, I love the history lesson there. This is stuff you will only get during Bowl Bound or Not. You won't get this anywhere else. Uh, nope, not even on Jeopardy. Nope, you sure won't. You sure won't. Uh, North Texas is at Florida International on November 20th, and then they host UTSA November 27th. So, Charlie, is North Texas bowl-bound or not? They're going to beat Florida International, but they're not going to be able to beat the Roadrunners. So, no bowl game. No bowl game. Jalen Darden will not be very happy that North Texas is not going back to a bowl game this year, but I agree with you. I think that's the right But, hey, if any team's going to get to another one, it makes sense that it'd be North Texas. They're going to get in at 5-7. So they can hold on to that. The the MAC is insane. So many 5-5 teams, 6-4. It's just, it's crazy. Can anyone in the East division decide if they want to play or not? Like right now, Miami, Ohio looks like they're going to make it in. We got Buffalo here. Uh, let me get back. Let me get to Buffalo here. Did we talk about them? Yes, we did. Buffalo, currently four and six. They host Northern Illinois seven and three. Northern Illinois 
November 17th, so on Wednesday here, and then at Ball State, November 23rd. Charlie, is Buffalo bowl-bound or not? They are going to beat Ball State, but it's not going to matter because they're dropping the other one, so no bowl game. No bowl game, and you had Buffalo out of the bowls, uh, the Bulls out of a bowl game here uh, when we did Bulls that. Bulls staying cold, which makes sense. They're used to it up in upstate New York. Sure are. Sure are. Uh, let's get, I don't know if, if they're going to be bowl eligible or not, but let's talk about Hawaii. Four and seven. I think they have two games left. I'm pulling up the schedule right now. If they don't, then it's a, a moot point. No, oh, they have two games left. They host Colorado State November 20th, and then they're at Wyoming November 27th. Maybe six and seven gets them into a bowl game, so we'll just talk about Hawaii right now anyway. Charlie, is Hawaii bowl bound or not? I keep wanting to say they are because I think they're going to beat Colorado State and Hawaii. It's really tough for me to convince myself. I, I don't know anything about Wyoming this year. I'm assuming Craig Bowl is still the coach there. He is. I He's actually watched a little bit of that. Successful. I, I watched a little bit of their game with Boise State last Friday night. It's really tough for me to believe that Hawaii is going to go into cold-ass Wyoming in November and win, mm-hmm. unless it's a loaded Hawaii team and a terrible Wyoming team. I don't know anything about what Wyoming really, like I said this year, mm-hmm. but I know Hawaii's not loaded. So I do not think in what I'm sure is going to be, you know, a game with a 25-mile-an-hour wind and a 19-degree wind chill. I do not think that Hawaii is going to fare well in that game. Hawaii lost to UNLV and gave UNLV their first win of the season, I think. Yeah, that's not good. No, no, second win. UNLV beat New Mexico, and then they beat Hawaii the week after. So I agree. I think, uh, yeah, Hawaii not bowl-bound. Unless by some sh- really weird thing, but uh, yeah, that and th- we had them at boil. We had them bowl bound or not uh, last week. It's changing now because hey, we thought they'd beat UNLV. You got to beat UNLV. That's the key, and they did not. Pac-12, Washington, four and six, just fired their head coach. Six and fired their coach. Yep, because he wasn't very good and made fun of Oregon academics, which doesn't help matters at all. They are at Colorado on November 20th, and then they host Washington State in the Apple Cup November 26th. Charlie, is Washington bull-bound or not? Before I answer that question, the last uh, – this was – I'll slightly spoil this. It was a special teams play. But a special teams play when they were in possession of the ball. Do you remember what happened the last snap Washington had in control of the ball? When Jimmy Lake was still their head coach, yeah, they his last snap as the head coach at Washington. Yeah, they went to punt it and snapped it over the the punter's head for a safety against Oregon. Yes, that is correct, and that's funny to me. Yeah, I kind of feel bad for him that it didn't work out. I thought he'd be better than that. I didn't think he'd be fired in two years, but but yeah, it happened. And then what they play? It's at Colorado and then host Washington State. Correct. Yep. They're going to beat Colorado. They're going to lose to Washington State. Five and seven. All right. So not bowl eligible here. Another team we had bowl eligible before. Which is a real, real shot to my face. Because if I remember, I think I picked Washington to win the Pac-12. And they obviously are not going to do that you this year. I'm sure you're surprised to hear that, stacking, but I do not think the Huskies are going to be able to win 
the Pac-12 title game this year. I think they will not be in contention for that. Hey, you know what? I, you and a lot of other people are in the same boat with Washington. So, hey, I changed my tune. It was only three months late, but I finally figured out that they're actually not that good. Exactly. Uh, USC didn't play last week because the game with Cal got postponed, so that got moved to December fourth. So they host UCLA this week, November twentieth. They they host BYU November twenty seventh, and they're at Cal December fourth. At four and five right now, Charlie is USC bull bound or not? I think they are. I think they're going to find a way to win two of those. I don't know which two. Probably Cal. I guess I'm going to say Cal and UCLA, and then they lose to BYU, which okay. surprises me because I didn't think I'd pick them to win. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess I do have USC somehow making a bowl game this year. Okay, probably at six and six then. Uh, we'll go to the SEC now. A lot of five and five teams. Any teams with five wins, we will pick next week in a, a huge addition of bowl bound or not, unless these five-win teams get a sixth win. But there's a lot of five-win teams out there, so I'm guessing next week's going to be off. And I bet some of thing. them will get a, a sixth win because if I remember right, this is the week where half the SEC teams play a bad FCS goal. Yep. Usually. Yep. Uh, LSU is one of those schools. They are four and six. Uh, they, I'm sorry. They are not one of the five-and-five five schools, but LSU is one of the schools playing a bad school. They play... Louisiana Monroe on November 20th, and then they host Texas A&M November 27th. Charlie, is LSU bowl-bound or not? They're winning the in-state game to get to five wins and set up a, a one-game scenario to get into a bowl game, and it's not going to matter. They're going to lose to Texas A&M, and Coach O's going to give a very sad final press conference, mm. and then he's going to leave to go be a defensive line coach somewhere and make a lot of money. Or maybe he wants to go to Virginia Tech. Might be a little too far north for him. Might be a little too cold. I mean, as long as he can find that magic and hire a, an offensive coordinator like the one guy who's in the NFL now, Matt that'd Canada? work great at Virginia Tech. Yeah. Oh, Joe Brady. Joe Brady. Is that who we're talking about? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I didn't remember his name, but yeah, that's the guy. Yes. The guy who was the OC when they won the national title. Mm-hmm. And for one year, they were really good on offense. So that pretty much answers then the final team here at four and six from the Sun Belt, Monroe, four and six, at LSU November twentieth, and at Louisiana November twenty seventh. Charlie, is Monroe bull bound or not? Unfortunately they are not. I hope they are. I hope they find a way to beat LSU just because it would be funny. I don't think it's gonna happen though. I do not either. And that is your edition of Bull Bound or Not for this week of November sixteenth. So uh, next week, we will go through all of the five-win teams. There are going to be a lot out there, so we look forward to that and see which teams are going to potentially get to bowl eligibility. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of them, especially in some of these power conferences. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and there will probably be even some more next week. Some of the teams we went over this week are probably going to win next this upcoming weekend to get to five wins, too. Exactly. Exactly. So look forward to that. Uh, last thing I, I have uh, before um, before we say so long, unless you have anything else. Uh, like I said, Henry Lake got fired. Is Henry Lake? Harry? Jimmy Lake Jimmy from Lake. Washington. Yeah. Henry Lake. I think Henry Lake's a, the 
radio personality for K fan out of the cities. But the Jimmy, way Jimmy Lake played, Henry Lake may have done better as the Washington coach. He may have. He certainly may have. So Jimmy Lake's out at Washington. Justin Fuente gets fired. Uh, they said it was a mutual agreement to you know just go their separate ways, and Fuente just wanted to leave right now. Didn't want to finish coaching the regular season. Whatever. Uh, at Miami, at Virginia. Virginia Tech needs one win to get to bowl eligibility. I don't know if that's going to happen or not now. But curious, I... The, the the name that immediately I think of for Virginia Tech as a possibility is Shane Beamer, uh, right now the head coach at South Carolina. But, you know, coming back to Virginia Tech where his dad coached for years and years and years, it was highly successful. I think that's a possibility. But maybe they want someone with a little more head coaching experience and can get Virginia Tech back to uh, – Competing for ACC championships on a routine basis because that's what Virginia Tech fans expect. Who do you think would be a good solution, not only for Virginia Tech, and then also who do you think would be good for Washington? I don't have specific names off the top of my head. It's tough right now just because some years it's easier to point as, oh, this is the guy everybody's going to want, you know, like with with Scott Frost or PJ Fleck, you know, group of five coaches that, you know, were, I mean, I guess Luke Fickle could be that guy. This Although, although with him joining the big 12, maybe not, but, mm-hmm. but anyway, so instead of giving specific, and the other part about giving specific names, that stuff is there's going to be so many big jobs that are open this year. Mm-hmm. Like I think your Virginia tech, the, or the Virginia tech football job, is a good head coaching job, mm-hmm. but there's probably at least five schools that are bigger, bigger job destinations just this year that are open than Virginia Tech. So it's it's hard because we don't know how some of those top ones are going to play out. Mm-hmm. So instead of a name, I will tell you this now: if I was Virginia Tech, whoever the athletic director is or whoever's got the athletic director's ear to make those kind of decisions. Virginia's a good state to recruit, so you want a guy who's a good recruiter, and you can work I mean, not just Virginia, but also some of the states surrounding it. You want guys who can recruit well, obviously, but that's you know kind of a no-brainer. It's that way with basically every job now. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, and this is where it gets tough, because to a degree, I think this was Justin Puente in a lot of times when you hire someone and then you have to end up firing them. You want, the gut reaction is to pick someone who's different than that guy. But I would still say you want to hire someone who's a good offensive coach and is known for developing quarterbacks or having quarterbacks put up. They don't need to be Texas Tech or Washington State-style big numbers, Mm -hmm. but someone who puts up numbers and they're like, oh, yeah, this guy's good with quarterbacks. That's that's the kind of guy I would look at at Virginia Tech. Like I said, I don't specifically know – who that would be this year. Like, I know Luke Fickle's good at Ohio State, mm-hmm. but he's a defensive guy. He's not known for offense or specifically a quarterback. Like, I, I don't know who the Coastal Carolina coach is. I guess I maybe mm-hmm. – I don't know what his name is. But I yep. but somebody like that where they've been successful, the offense has been good, the quarterback play has been good, and you're just basically saying, like, hey, do something similar but with better talent because we'll get you better talent here. And let's put points on the scoreboard. I like that. Um, you know, I was thinking like the Indiana head coach, maybe. Uh, Whit Babcock is the AD at Virginia Tech, um, for what it's worth. 
I don't know. That that that's, it's gonna be interesting. I, like I said, Shane Beamer's immediately the name that comes to mind, but it's not like South Carolina's been all that great during his tenure. But he has to, he had to really kind of take over that program when they were at its it, it like from scratch essentially and get it back up because South Carolina was not in a good spot when he landed. So it's going to be interesting there. Jim Moore land uh, Jim Moore Jr. lands with UConn. That's uh, kind of a surprise. He's got his work cut out for him. Uh, what do you think Jim Moore Jr. can do at UConn? Like all honesty, I mean, I think if you know my Cornhuskers or your Virginia Tech Hokies were hired were hiring Jim Moore Jr., we wouldn't be that excited about it. I think for UConn and where they are, that's a fantastic hire. For I agree. UConn. I absolutely I mean, agree. He's a guy that's known as a good recruiter. And even, I mean, he probably wasn't as successful as some people wanted him to be at UCLA. Mm-hmm. But I think he won nine games at least twice there. And had some teams that were, I mean, they never won the conference or played in the Rose Bowl. But, like, they had some legit top 20 teams there that mm-hmm. were really good. Now, obviously – you can't just recruit guys in L.A. to UConn. I mean, you could probably get some guys from Los Angeles, but they're not all sitting there in your backyard. But he's a good enough recruiter. I think he'll be able to get guys there. And, I mean, if anything, I think they'll at least be better. I don't know if he'll turn them around and kind of like what Randy Edsel did the first time he was there, where they were kind of like, oh, yeah, they'll consistently make bowl games and win between, like, five and eight games a year. I don't know if he'll get him there, but I think he's got a better shot than a lot of other guys do. I like in the- worst case scenario, I don't think they're gonna be any worse than they've been the last couple of years. They'll at least get better. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that they're hiring him right away as an assistant and allowing him to get on that staff and go in and recruit. Like that's a that's a that's a very sneaky ploy there by UConn. It's a shrewd move that will yeah. hopefully that will probably at least to a degree, pay dividends for them. I agree. I agree, certainly. Uh, anything else, Charlie, we need to get to before we say so long? Um, I don't know if I have anything else. I think the only other thing would be is that we only have two weeks left in the regular season. So, And then, I mean, obviously we've got big games after that with conference title games and bowl games and stuff. But, you know, it's different and there's fewer teams then, so... Take joy in the next two weeks. Exactly. And we don't even want to mention the Hail Mary that uh, beat South Dakota State on Saturday. Look, Stackin, USD in March was like, oh, we got guys that are sick and we don't want infected. The game's not, we're not going to play it and it's not going to count. I think South Dakota State should do the same thing and be like, you know what? If if we we couldn't play in the spring and it didn't count, this one doesn't count in the fall either. So (laughs) it's a wash. Neither game counts towards either team's record in any way, shape, or form, and we just wash our hands clean of it and move forward to next week. Would you have punted, or would or would you have just tried to run out of maybe like the back of the end zone or just scramble a bunch and then chuck it as high in the air as you can and just hope that... The idea of like snapping it and throwing it deep to kill the clock, if there's six seconds left, I like it. I think eight seconds is a lot of time. I would have just punted, or even if you... You can even say just boom it out of the end zone kill five seconds they'll have three seconds left and start on their own 20 mm-hmm. they're not going to score an 80 yard touchdown pass I, I i would have punted it and said just play defense for one play where even if the same thing happens it's happening on like the 30 yard line instead of the goal line so if the guy gets tackled it doesn't matter 
Yeah, I, w- I was okay with the decision because I'm th- also like I'm thinking okay maybe to do an all out punt block and I you know you just see a punt getting blocked and they would return it for a touchdown, uh, but that it's like okay maybe you do run it out of the back of the end zone maybe that would have been better because uh, it's it's bad it did it could... the back of the end zone thing's tough though because they were at the USD forty right uh fifty yes. Yeah, because yeah, it was a sixty-yard touchdown pass. The next player, right? Right, but you could. So yeah, you, you're right. You could run backwards into the end zone, but going sixty yards backwards, it's like tough. there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong, mm-hmm. and they could tackle you at the thirty or the twenty, and then they only have to go twenty yards to the end zone. Right. So, like, if you're talking that South Dakota State's on their own thirty, then I agree. Then I'm okay with running out of the back of the end zone. Yep. But doing that from that long away, there's it's like it would probably work. There's just a lot of things that can go wrong. Yep. And obviously, you know, basically, if they don't screw up the last two plays colossally both times, you know, they win. Mm-hmm. And if we would replay everything fifty times, I think that's the only time where it goes USD's favor. Because it's because both of those had to happen. Just having one of them is irrelevant. Yep. If you don't screw up the first time, they don't even get a chance at the second one. And you're usually not going to screw it up the first time, even if you do. Most of the time, it's not going to matter the second time. And unfortunately, it probably costs the Jackrabbits a bye week in the playoffs because they'll likely be playing now on Thanksgiving. Hopefully not, but uh, that's, I'm guessing, what's going to happen. But we shall see one week to go in the regular season. The, the Jackrabbits host North Dakota this week. Charlie, I always appreciate the time, my friend. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you again next week. Uh, by the way, uh, I, I don't think we ever mentioned the college football playoff rankings, but they were the same as last week. So yeah, not... you say Oklahoma was eight last week and they lost. But yes. if I remember it, I think the top seven were all the same. Top seven were all the same. So nothing, yeah. nothing there of note. So yeah, we meant to get to that earlier. So definitely but... change this weekend, though. Well, Ohio will. State or Michigan State's losing. Yep. And we will have a lot to talk about next week with those rankings being changed. So, Charlie, appreciate the time, my friend. Enjoy the week of college football, and we'll chat next week. Sounds good. You enjoy it too, buddy. Thank Happy you birthday. All right. Thank you very much, Charlie. Appreciate it. Yep. Have a good one. Charlie Hildebrand, kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Sports Block Podcast. Go over all things college football. Yeah, bull bound or not, another fantastic addition. Again, fans across the country, across the world. Love Bullbound or not. And always we always appreciate Charlie's time helping with that. Let's uh, finish up with this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Take a look back at Week 10 in the NFL. Make some early picks for Week 11. We always do this during the fall. So let's get right to it here. Uh, and we will start with Thursday night. What was a stunning game between the Baltimore Ravens and the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the big guy, Robert Hunt, the offensive lineman with the play of the game. Illegal touching but he caught a pass and ran into the end zone, bulldozed over a couple of Ravens cornerbacks. It didn't count, but the Ravens scored a defensive touchdown later in the game. They put the Ravens away 22 to 10. This was this game had more punts than points for a while. It was six to three headed into the fourth quarter before all these points happened. So big win for the Dolphins. First win, a home win against Baltimore since week 13, 2015. Go to Sunday's action. The Colts jumped out to a 17-0 lead in the first quarter, aided by a block punt return for a touchdown. Also, uh, Jonathan Taylor with a rushing touchdown as well. Jaguars fought back. 
Ultimately, though, the Colts hung on for the 23-17 win. Browns didn't have Nick Chubb. They didn't have Kareem Hunt. Seemed like it would maybe be a problem. It was. They scored the first touchdown of the game, first points of the game, and after that, it was all Patriots. Patriots win 45-7. Mac Jones, uh, three uh, touchdown passes in this game. Defense played great. Patriots have now won, what, four in a row? They look really good. Watch out for New England. Buffalo Bills uh, get the bad taste of that loss to Jacksonville out of their mouths with a 45-17 win over the Jets. Mike White, the honeymoon with this kid. Oh, he's, he's the toast of the town in New York through four interceptions. Probably not going to get the job done. Stephon Diggs, big day receiving, and the Bills win 45-17. We have a tie in the NFL. First tie of the year. And no team is going 0-17 this year, so that's great. The Detroit Lions tie the Pittsburgh Steelers 16-16. Uh, ben Roethlisberger didn't play in this game. Uh, Test positive for COVID, so he was out. So uh, Mason Rudolph got the start. Steelers had three turnovers. They didn't look great. TJ Watt got injured in this one. He's likely to miss this next week's game. Detroit had a chance to win in overtime again. They forced two, two of the three turnovers they forced were in overtime. Missed a field goal, though, and the Lions ultimately can't get the win. So 16-16 is that score. Titans beat the New Orleans Saints 23-21. Six straight wins for the Titans. Now uh, they got a good performance, a decent performance by Ryan Tannehill. Nice play with A.J. Brown. Really, the Titans just grinded out the victory. Uh, It helped that the Saints kicker missed a couple of extra points early. Forcing the Saints to go for too late. They didn't get it, and the Titans prevailed 23-21. Cowboys bounce back after that embarrassing loss to the Denver Broncos. Smack the Atlanta Falcons 43-3. Dak Prescott, two passing touchdowns in this one. 296 yards throwing in this one. Had a rushing touchdown as well. He was fantastic. Cowboys blocked a punt, returned it for a touchdown. They throttled the Falcons. It was not even close. The big upset of the week, though, happened in our nation's capital, or actually Landover, Maryland, at FedEx Field, where Washington beat Tampa Bay 29-19. Taylor Heineke, arguably his two best games of his career have come against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was good in this one, and the big one is the uh, the 10-plus minute, 19-play, 75-76-yard drive that, the, that Washington had to end the game, essentially, scoring the touchdown late to get up 29-19. Tom Brady threw two first quarter interceptions. Wasn't great. The Bucs weren't themselves either. It was not a good look for them. Vikings beat the Chargers 27-20. Justin Jefferson, big day receiving. Kirk Cousins threw the ball down the field, which is great. Dalvin Cook had a rushing touchdown. Eric Kendricks, fantastic interception in this one. Also, I believe, had a sack. Uh, Cameron Bynum had a sack. The rookie safety, he was great. And the Vikings prevailed 27-20. Cam Newton is back, or however he wants to say in his, it sounded like he was going through puberty. He had a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown in limited action, but the Panthers get a 34-10 win over the Kyler murray list and DeAndre hopkins list Arizona Cardinals. Huge win for the, the Panthers, you could tell. He just got a, a burst of energy, a boost with Cam coming back, so that was big for the Panthers there to get that win over the Cardinals. Eagles get a 30-13 win over the Denver Broncos. Big play in this one was late in the third quarter. Melvin Gordon fumbles it. Darius Slay picks it up for the Eagles, runs it back. Teddy Bridgewater could have made a tackle on him. Dent just kind of ducked out of the way. Uh, Slay runs it back for a touchdown, made it 27-13, and the Eagles would ultimately win 30-13. 
Green Bay Packers shut out the Seattle Seahawks 17-0 in the return of Russell Wilson for the Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers returned for Green Bay. Neither threw a touchdown. A.J. Dillon, two rushing touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Very boring game up until the fourth quarter. Really just a boring game in general. But uh, 17-0, Packers win. Sunday night, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, five touchdowns, 406 yards passing through the air. He was fantastic. Chiefs looked like their old selves, especially offensively. They beat the Raiders 41-14 in the Monday night football. Uh, Cost me in fantasy. The 49ers win 31-10. They score a touchdown on their first offensive drive of the game. A pick six on the Rams' second possession gave the 49ers a 14-0 lead. They never looked back. Uh, the Rams looked a little uncomfortable. Robert Woods tore his ACL last week in practice on Friday, so they had to get a few more plays in for Odell Beckham Jr. Trying to force the ball to him. The Rams offense, the Rams are in trouble. The, I think the Rams are definitely in trouble. They have a bye this week, so they can kind of figure things out. And we will take a look at week 11 now. It begins Thursday night, New England Patriots at the Atlanta Falcons, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on Fox, the NFL Network, and streaming on Prime Video. I Listen, I just don't think... It sounds like Cordero Patterson isn't going to play for the Falcons. That's a huge miss for them. How did they respond and rebound after that Bad loss of the Cowboys. It's actually great that they have a short week because then it doesn't have to fester. I don't think it's going to matter. Patriots are playing really well right now, taking New England for the win here. Uh, Green Bay Packers at the Minnesota Vikings, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on Fox. No Aaron Jones for the Packers, so I'm giving the Vikings a, a fighting chance here. I actually think they'll play pretty well, especially if they continue to be aggressive on offense. But I'll, I'll take the Packers. I hope I'm wrong. Please, Vikings, prove me wrong, but I'm taking Green Bay here. San Francisco 49ers at the Jacksonville Jaguars, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The 49ers play like they did against the Rams on Monday night. They can beat almost anyone. I think that includes the Jaguars. Uh, Jacksonville will be a game, but I think San Francisco ultimately prevails. Don't say it with a ton of confidence, but I'll take San Francisco over Jacksonville. Baltimore Ravens at the Chicago Bears, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. The Bears have had a couple weeks, had the bye last week. Justin Fields can get prepared for this game against Baltimore. But Baltimore's had a little bit of time since their Thursday night game. Taking Lamar Jackson and the Bears here to take, or in the Ravens to take down Justin Fields and the Bears. New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. The Eagles are playing better football right now than the Saints. Saints defense is good. I think Jalen Hurts and the Eagles will have enough. They take down New Orleans here in Philly. Houston Texans at the Tennessee Titans, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. I, I'm still not sold on the Titans offense, especially with Julio Jones on IR right now, Derrick Henry on IR, but the Titans better than the Texans. Just all the way around, Titans get the win here. Detroit Lions at the Cleveland Browns, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. Hopefully Nick Chubb plays for the Browns in this one. You can't lose to the winless Lions. You just can't, Cleveland. Taking Cleveland here, don't lose to them. Indianapolis Colts at the Buffalo Bills, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on CBS. Colts playing pretty good football right now, but struggled the last three quarters against Jacksonville. Buffalo, that's a big win against the Jets. You got to take advantage of it. You got to beat the Colts here. I think they do. Give me the Bills in this one. Washington football team at the Carolina Panthers, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon Central Time on Fox. It's the Ron Rivera Bowl. Cam Newton is back for the Panthers. I think the Panthers have the 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 jump in them. 
the energetic boost. Give me the Panthers over Washington. Miami Dolphins at the New York Jets, 1 p.m. Eastern and Central Time on CBS. Dolphins look good last week. Can they carry that momentum this week against the Jets? I'm going to say yes. Don't say it with a great deal of confidence. Give me the Dolphins over the Jets. Cincinnati Bengals at the Las Vegas Raiders, 4.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Central Time on CBS. Both these teams headed in the wrong direction. Bengals have to right the ship at some point here. They had the bye last week. Joe Burrow is ready to get stuff done. Bengals get the win here over the Raiders. Dallas Cowboys at the Kansas City Chiefs, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. I want to take the Chiefs here, but the Cowboys look really good. I think their defense makes a couple more plays than the Chiefs do. I think the offense makes a couple more plays than the Chiefs do. Give me the Cowboys in this one for the win. Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks, 425 p.m. Eastern, 325 p.m. Central Time on Fox. If Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins play, the Cardinals win. If they don't, they lose. I'll say they play. I'll say the Cardinals win. Pittsburgh Steelers at the LA Chargers, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, 7.20 p.m. Central Time on NBC. Steelers dealing with a bunch of injuries right now, including Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, TJ Watt. I think there's some injuries on the offensive side, too. Chargers struggling here as of late, but give me the Chargers to take down Pittsburgh here. And then Monday Night Football, the New York Giants at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 8.15 p.m. Eastern, 7.15 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. The Buccaneers have lost two in a row. That's going to make Brady awfully angry. The Giants playing good football right now, but give me the uh, Buccaneers to win this game. And those are your Week 11 picks. Official picks and predictions can be found in the stack, stackattack.sportsblog.com, and our Football Friday post. Uh, appreciate you all for listening this week to the Sports Block Podcast. You can find this podcast available online on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at ndstacken. Uh, Travis Krenz at Travis Krenz, Charlie Hildebrand at C.E. Hildebrand, Facebook Nathan Sacken, a link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. Next week, Thanksgiving, we'll talk college football playoff again. We will talk uh, NFL, plenty to get to uh, per usual here. Uh, so uh, hopefully you enjoy this week uh, and we will chat with you next week again. So hi, mom. Uh, hope you're listening. Um, and hope, thank you to everyone who listens to this podcast week in and week out, or just occasionally. We always appreciate when we get listeners here to the podcast. So for all of us here at the Sports Block Podcast, Nathan Stacken saying thank you for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week for a Thanksgiving edition, week edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.